got to do it raw and, and real. You, this is raw and real. This is why I didn't do any research. <laughs> I, look, I can't even see where my camera is. This right here at the, at the pawn shop for, I think, 40 bucks, and it ain't even plugged in. <laughs> I, know, I, I know you don't care. I don't, because I'm sexy, shit. <laughs> this is why I didn't have to do research on you, because I knew you were just going to take off, and there's nothing that I need to prep for. Hello, everyone. Today's episode was a lot of fun for me. I got a chance to speak with Kendrick. Kendrick and I met back in 2004 when my husband was stationed in Fort Richardson, Alaska. Kendrick was stationed there as well during the same time. And him and my husband developed a great friendship. We have kept in touch throughout the years. And he is someone that I had been meaning to have on the podcast because he's so funny, but he's also very real. And I knew that it was going to be a good conversation and he absolutely delivered. But aside from all the joking and the laughter that I experienced with him during this conversation, Kendrick also left me with a very important message about being there for others. And I want you to be able to tune in, listen to what he had to say. And I hope that you walk away feeling seen in some way and understood. So here it is. I hope you too enjoy our conversation. For everybody listening, I call him Kendrick. That's his last name. And I call him Kendrick because you served with you're still active though, right? You're still active. Yes. USR. Okay. So he's still in the military, but I always, I was introduced to, to you by your last name, Kendrick. And we met, geez, like 17 years ago when, well, no, really 17 years ago around there. Cause it Desiree, I was pregnant with our first baby at the time and she's about to be 17. 2004, Renton came to Alaska and then mm -hmm. we did in 2004. To 2006 mm -hmm. to Afghanistan. Then we mm -hmm. came back, deployed 2007 and 2008. Mm -hmm. So 2004, it's only been 2004, 14. Damn, shit. I'm, I'm, no, you're fine. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> even if I'm not, shit, they better get a. <laughs> I'm old. I, ain't got, I don't care. So they, they, yes, you see that? That's sexy. Which you but, do look very good. You're, can I, is it okay to ask how old I'm you not, are? Whatever you are, want to ask me. I'm 50 years old and fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm working on that. I'm trying to anyway. It's hard. No, you look exactly the same from when I, I met you. Exactly the same. You haven't changed anything. That's a lie. <laughs> you look at my stomach, it's a whole lot bigger. Well, I'm only looking at your face right now. Amen. <laughs> Oh gosh. So that's how we met. Cause you worked with my husband, Ren. Yes. And then but you guys were gone. You guys were always gone. Cause we gotta say this is right at the peak when the war's like really people are just yep. going, deploying. Cause what was it? You guys could be stateside six months and then you would be right back out. Yep. Six well, we came back I don't know the months. I know we left. I think the first one was in One of Asia. them was one of them was thirteen months. One of the 15. deployments was, yeah, 15. You're right. 15 months. We left in March 
And then we came back in June. So March, April, May, 15. My math ain't that good, but who cares? I'm old. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you guys deployed twice, but it seemed like you guys were just gone forever because we like I talk about things that happened during that time and Ren will be like, what? I don't remember that. Oh, yeah, that's right. You were gone. And like mm -hmm. he was always gone. And it was the same with you guys. <laughs> Look at him. See, if you didn't know better, you would think you were single because you don't never have your husband in the videos. And <laughs> he, doesn't like, never, he doesn't never have me on his stuff either. And we do that on purpose. We do do that on purpose. You got him in a broom closet. Who wants to bring your wife in a broom closet? <laughs> He's saying that if I, he didn't know any better, he'd think I was single because you're never in my videos. But he doesn't want to be in my videos. And I don't really come out on your stuff either, huh? We keep it like separate for no particular reason. We just, Whatever. and this is going to kill you because I know this matters to you, but neither I, one of us wears a ring. Wow. <laughs> he I, said, wow. I, <laughs> Listen, we have five kids together. There's really nothing more to do. We have five kids together. Our whole life is like consumed by I, them. I don't know. Cause I heard something about you. <laughs> that, that me that what that what when was it? when y'all were in alaska 10 uh -huh. saying you guys were talking and you said i still don't even fart in front of in front of ren i don't <laughs> i don't now it i guess now it happens like when i'm sleeping and i don't realize it but they're so like they're not they don't compare to his i go to the bathroom i can't He's talking, about, he's talking about Tanya told him I still don't fart in front of you. And I'm like, I willingly still don't. I go to the bathroom. That's I can't ridiculous. do it. I don't do it in front of every anybody, though. Like, I don't do it in front of friends. I don't even do it in front of my kids. And that, But if you guys are on some long four hour car ride and you just happen that your stomach is hurting and you got to let one out, you're going to sit there be <laughs> I don't, I don't think I've ever been in that situation like that. I think I've trained my body at this point. I don't I'm do sorry. it. I don't do you, it. You need to pass some of that to Tanya because I swear to God, she's like a goddamn chimney around here. <laughs> 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 She's you know, gonna kill you. She is gonna kill you. Really? I see. <laughs> but do you know how long we've been together? It, it oh, don't yeah. even matter. We've been together. We've been together almost 30 years. Yeah. And married 21. So, I mean, I seen it, done it all. Whatever. She farts and now she's she oh. cranks lawnmowers in the middle of the night when she sleeps. And <laughs> you are horrible. <laughs> I'm going to do a, her a favor and I will edit that out. You're a terrible yeah. person. <laughs> I had I did this video. She was sleeping right, and uh -huh. on, so I did the video. I, I was looking at. I had it on my face, and I was making a face like I was trying to clear my throat. <laughs> and going, right, and then I was like, I turned the camera on her while she was sleeping, <laughs> and you could see that it was her just snoring. And I was like, mm, mm, mm. that don't make no sense. <laughs> You are so bad. Oh, my God. Yeah. But no. Yeah, you guys that have been together for a long time. We have. A and very, very long time. And I was going to bring it up, too, that you love standing us up. This is what we need to unpack right now. Because I don't even know what's going on. You do know. No, well, I don't. We were, so here's what happened. We were in El Paso. Uh-huh. And we were at a barbecue uh -huh. or something. 
from the no, kids' No, 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 no. It was something else, yeah. And, it's, when, and, it's when Kai or Lonnie, one of them got sick. Because we were planning on going. Because, like, listen, listen to, like, the logic behind that doesn't make sense. Why would, why would I keep in touch with you guys for years, know that you guys are here, me coming back, we made it out to go visit you guys when my mom, because my mom had a heart attack, remember, when we came, a stroke, and <clears throat> we went to see you guys to meet your boy, because we hadn't meet your little boy. And then we purposely stand you up over a birthday party. That makes no I, sense. Stranger things have happened. You know, we, you know, <laughs> we show up. Remember when we showed up in Alaska and I was like, we, we show up nerd early. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's one of the things that I remember about you saying. And I, I don't know why that cracked me up so <laughs> Like, we show up so early, we be helping set up and everything. <laughs> decorate. People don't like inviting us because you got to tell us the wrong time. I know because you guys are very punctual. Even like during the time that we were sort of like living together, like, you know, the same base, we were staying at the same base um, in Alaska. And you guys had young kids, like two young girls. And you guys still were early for everything. Yep, we don't because we don't do nothing. We just we just sit around and when somebody says, "Hey, you want to?" You ain't even got to ask. You barely get it out the first time. And we're not gonna, <laughs> time did you want to have the party? <laughs> you show up and you're saying, "Do you need help?" <laughs> and and we had another friend and and it seems like when we go too. I always get stuck on the damn grill because people don't know how to cook, especially chicken. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's hard to cook on the grill because it, it gets all dry if you're not careful. Not even that. Some people, like, they cook it and it's black on the outside, and then you go to bite it and it's raw in the middle, and you're like, what the hell? Oh, yeah. My whole mm -hmm. stomach fall out in the toilet because you guys don't know how to cook right. Yeah, that was my biggest fear whenever I went to someone's house and, and they had chicken. And I felt like, why am I even noticing that? That's so rude. They're inviting you, you know, and, like, but I couldn't help it. I, if I bit the chicken and it was pink, I was already like, I felt yeah. it coming back up. Yeah, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I wouldn't even try. But I do remember that you cook, you have really good flavor. Your ribs were so good. At Alaska, I had six grills on the back patio. Six grills, but they all cook different. And then here, uh -huh. I have, and I made one. I got one on my porch that I made because I bought me a welder. I've always wanted to make a grill. So I welded a grill out of a 55-gallon drum, and that's on the front porch. And then out back, I got the Pit Boss uh, vertical one and the barrel one, and that's my thing. But I can't, my barbecue, does, why are we talking about barbecue? We don't went Who from- Who cares? Bar just, just <laughs> this, is, this is what it's about just keep going <laughs> so anyway. he's talking about his grilling right now he said what are we talking about <laughs> so anyway, so yeah um when i taste other people's barbecue i'm like there's you're judging like right you're judging <laughs> yeah because mine i bite into others and i'm like it's got that char and the, you know mm -hmm. my barbecue i always do indirect so you never see like burn marks or anything because it's always away from the flame mm -hmm. but then everybody else their smokers be blowing smoke like it's a and like it's smoking and mine i'm like i can't get no smoke out this thing so i don't know I watch YouTube videos. I got the same grills these people have on the YouTube videos with my chicken don't or ribs or whatever. They don't have uh -huh. that golden look to them or I don't know, whatever. <laughs> 
But, what? you know, I'm glad you're talking about that because I, I think one thing that I, that, I, that I feel, just as somebody who obviously married to Ren and knowing what he's like, that I think he, the reason why he gets along with you so well is because you guys think so much alike. Like, you guys are very hands-on and, fig- and you guys figure things out. I think I got a picture from where we were in Iraq and it seemed like every time that we had some kind of barbecue or whatever, me and him got stuck on the grill. I know. <laughs> on the grill and then part of it is too because i know i can cook better than him so we both have competition we don't stay i'm gonna see who can cook better but we're looking at each other's stuff like "Mm, it's internal competition (laughs) you might want to flip that now or whatever (laughs) which you know what he doesn't get to practice very much anymore because none of us here eat meat I heard that you guys are out there gnawing on your backyard, so <laughs> hey. <laughs> oh my gosh, Kendrick, I enjoy talking to you so much, just listening to you. Anytime we got together and you would come up with the most like far end crap to say. <laughs> I'm just me i just because uh, he i called him the other what was it it was like thursday wednesday or whatever mm-hmm. and first i noticed he was in the broom closet i'm like why are you <laughs> it's closet? not a broom closet and he's, like, he's got the other room so this set up i'm like but damn you in the broom okay hey whatever um, you are making me out to be like i'm horrible to him he chose to do that no judgment here i don't know who said <laughs> you know for no for somebody who's not judging you sure sound very judging <laughs> i'm just i facts he is in a closet it might not be a it's closet. a huge walk-in closet <laughs> i see it's so huge that you can you can do this and no. <laughs> that's something else that's another room see you don't even have your facts straight <laughs> i didn't do my research i'm sorry no, you did <laughs> but i'm just saying so and then he had to he told me before he's like yeah i'm going vegan and i feel better and this that the other mm-hmm. and i'm like couldn't be me i know the doctors are telling me that i'm like that's the hardest thing to do but that's a whole nother stuff but so then <laughs> I seen he had, I think it was rice and some chicken. And I was like, what? You're eating meat? And he's like, yeah, I gave that shit up a long time ago. I was like, and he was like, hey, it's better than nothing. Yeah, he, he kind of, he went back and he doesn't do pork at all. He can do pork at all, which is so sad because that was his favorite thing to eat before. Like the, with the well, pork ribs. He doesn't do he pork might. or beef. Sometimes, very rarely he does beef, but more chicken. I mean, I love chicken, but. I figure I don't smoke. I don't drink mm-hmm. every now and then my little exercise moments. I mean, I'm sure if you go to my Facebook page, you'll see three years ago, I was doing the stupid insanity stuff with the stepper and rolling all over the floor and falling everywhere. And then I started doing my walking. And then when I get you're tired, always stop- active in some way. way. Now I'm stagnant. I'm like mold right now. Mm. I'm green pond mold on top of it because I ain't doing nothing right now. But, you know, so when he said he was vegan, I was like, how in the hell are you doing that? I can't I I just can't see. And I see you with your little oats and pumpkin seed mixtures. (laughs) I'm I'm sure 
once your palate gets adjusted, it's probably good, but I- it is good. Even I see, I, I think that one of the reasons why it wasn't super hard for me, I mean, because it was hard, like, let's be honest after, you know, we ate a lot of meat. We ate a lot of meat, chicken, different types of meat. Um, so obviously like I would crave it if I would smell it, like I would crave it. And it, so that was hard for a while, but it wasn't as hard as it could be for other people because growing up, just the way we ate, we had a lot of that growing up. So it was like, you know, it was just omitting a few things rather than feeling like we're, some people try to go vegan and they don't like anything That's other than meat. My really? Daughter, I'm not going to say she doesn't like anything. Well, Cameron, I think it was 2014, 13, somewhere around there. She called herself, it started off slow. She didn't like anything that had, she called it fattening, which was the meat fat or chicken fat. All of a sudden she called herself being vegan and not, and the thing about it was she didn't want to do no research. She just didn't want to eat meat or yeah. have it do with meat and I'm like well what are you gonna eat because you gotta do research that's hard that's like trying to get into Harvard uh, college <laughs> you know, hey I'm gonna do it and bam it's gonna happen you got to you know, yeah it's, so a, she- it's like a slow adjustment I think progress exactly. When you go to the store, the commissary, there's that non-meat and plant-based stuff, but you can't just live off of that. You got to know how to make other stuff. I think she was just doing it to make us mad and make it hard for us because we go to the store. What are we going to get for Cameron? Look at us like, I just got to eat corn. Well, shit, that's all we can think of right now. (laughs) You know, butter. Well, what kind of butter is it? God dang, it's butter. Put the... Plant-based butter? Come on now. Who who's doing that? You know. <laughs> well, I think I think for anybody wanting to switch now, it's probably easier because there's just so many alternatives. You know, even when I started, I, it wasn't as bad. But here's my thing. And I brought this up at my mom's church. Mm-hmm. You want to be vegetarian and you want to be vegan and you want to be all this stuff. Why do you want it to taste like meat? Well, I think, you know, I do come across that a lot of times. Like for me now, I'm at the point where I don't crave meat anymore. So when I do eat that, it's more because sometimes the kids, the little ones feel like, oh, that smells good. Like whenever we're out somewhere. So I, I give it to them so they have it. Me personally, I don't care. I could I could go without it. But a lot of people think for because going vegan has, I guess it's different for many people. Like I did it for health reasons. and But mm-hmm. some people some people do it because they're all about like the animals and stuff, right? So, they're, so in their mentality, it's like, well, I do enjoy meat and I like how it tastes, but I also don't want to like keep hurting the earth or I don't want to being a part of like harming animals. So if there's an alternative for me to have what I like and not cause harm, then I'll do that. So it really is. I think people sometimes like use they, they want to blanket all plant based eaters or vegans under like the one umbrella. But yeah. it's it's just different, you know, for a lot of people. So but see, it don't make sense. You want to be vegan because of animals, but you're wearing leather Nikes and you got the leather belt. Yeah, well, well, that's what I'm saying. Some, when they do it for animal protection, they're like, they ensure that everything, a lot of their products that they use, like shampoos, deodorants, clothing, um, just stuff, anything that they use, they really try to find non-vegan, I mean, vegan products or vegan clothing and stuff. So that's going to be funky. <laughs> just want to be funky. I think that at first, veganism was very like extremist 
And like people were like, if you don't go full vegan, you're a terrible human being. But I think now and or at least what I what I feel is if you can incorporate more vegetables and more plant based foods in your diet, that's already like a big plus. So even if you didn't want to switch over completely, you know what I mean? That's okay. Well, my vegetable choice, and this is what I tell my doctor, because they're like, you got to incorporate more vegetables. And I'm like, well, when you go to the store, I see broccoli, some sprouts. <laughs> eat What else do we eat? We eat asparagus, corn, green beans. Where's the rest? And then I don't know what that, like zucchini. I don't, ugh, I need somebody. <laughs> you should come up with a, a cookbook of how to basic, sh- uh, see, I was about to say basic shit. Ain't nobody That's eating okay. shit. <laughs> Basic, basic things, you know, because me, chicken, broccoli, and rice, that's my meal. Uh, yeah. I could eat every day, but I can't see it two years from now. What do you eat for dinner? Chicken, broccoli, rice. <laughs> <Been done. laughs> and I'm having leftover chicken, broccoli, and rice. <laughs> like, there's got to be, Tanya eats that stuff. She'll eat like bell peppers and all that other stuff. But mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. I wasn't really... My mom's vegetarian, which I probably could do vegetarian, but I just like having meat. It's delicious. Yeah, I I don't think you would have to give it up. Like if it's just something that you really, really enjoy, it's just incorporating more of the other stuff. And and see, the thing is that like what you were saying about Cameron when she was trying it and she just didn't want to have meat but didn't care, didn't know what else to eat. If you start practicing and you start like experimenting in the kitchen, there really are so many different dishes that you can make that taste good and they're not just like oh this is boring salad or a boring roasted vegetable right cakes rice cake soup or whatever <laughs> uh, <laughs> i'm trying to think of what I, I lost my train of thought but i know <laughs> it was on the today show one of them hosts said a vegan cake nasty and the next thing you know there was a vegan uh restaurant or whatever that was like you're so mistaken and they showed you know they came the next day or the two days later and they had this big old chocolate cake and they were like you wouldn't know it was vegan unless someone told you that it was vegan and you know stuff like that and i'm just yeah. like well whatever it's and just- see and that's and that's something else that i think people don't understand vegan doesn't necessarily equate healthy because yes. you know and so a lot of people think vegan and they immediately think oh just salads and you i gotta quit all the nasty stuff there's some really not healthy foods that are vegan and you know it's just you're just omitting the animal product that's it so plant-based is more it's more the healthier choice yeah she said oreos are vegan and i was like Mm -hmm. no they're not they are and it said that it was vegan i was like what in the hell this ain't good for what the hell? I'm doing my part. I'm eating vegan Oreos. That's <laughs> You're helping wow. the planet with eating Oreos. <laughs> so, do you do a um? Do you do like a menu? Not anymore. I just because I get I'm more comfortable already with like cooking several things and even um dealing with just different ingredients that you can use to make other things that you know what I mean like make it more traditional cooking that I can just cook off whatever um I have. But yeah, you can. There's tons I- if you if you look online. There's tons of like one week meals uh from like breakfast to dinner that are plant-based and they're not and hard see, to I, make i'm i started i think week before last because i have a medicine manager because i got the hypertension or whatever and when i first started like last year around this time i mm-hmm. went strong 
I mean, I was writing down, counting calories and all this stuff. And I still wasn't eating healthy, but I was doing my part on making sure I was underneath my calorie count for the day. But I've tried too many different things. And it's like, well, shit, I told my, I told her, I was like, well, I'll try doing a menu. Yeah. But then it's like, what the hell do you want to eat on Tuesday? Well, it's Sunday. I don't know what I want to eat on Tuesday. Shit, I might not be hungry. Yeah. And I tried it and nope, didn't work. No. So now I'm back. I got my little calendar. I'm, I try to write down what I eat, but I got to go back two days from now because I still haven't filled in the last two days. And I just don't think I should be eating. Shouldn't be this hard. Well, you know what? No, and you're right. It shouldn't be that hard. So maybe like a few things to keep in mind. If Because if you still want to have meat, that's fine. There's a lot of doctors that say you don't have to give up meat to be healthier. But they'll say things like have that be the condiment. Like so that instead have like the veggies be the bigger meal on your plate and then the meat a smaller portion. Or if you always if you feel like, well, what the hell do I want to eat today? Like I have no clue where to start. If you make sure that it, if it grows from the earth, eat it. You can eat it. And that's healthy for you. So you don't have to worry about counting calories because I hate counting calories. I think that makes it complicated and it makes somebody not want to do the work anymore. I was doing good. I, I had a whole book and a half. And then when I went to my appointment, she was like, you did okay. And I'm like, well, You're I like, I'm really proud thinking- of myself. <laughs> I was like, in my head, hopefully she don't see this, but I, I was like, bitch, you telling me all this work I did? I'm fucking okay. Right, like, I was showing up so proud of myself. <laughs> you, I'm telling you, I had the binder. I done went on to Kentucky Fried Chicken, done printed day shit. I done printed the McDonald's shit. I done printed the Taco Bell shit. I done printed, I mean, I, you name it, Chipotle shit, which Chipotle shit is far, as high in calories. Yeah. And I'm like... <laughs> I had the red beans, I had the fucking this, the that, and breaking it down. And she was like, you're doing okay. And I was like, okay. All this work and ever since then, I, ain't, I I was like, fuck it. I done did all this goddamn work. Uh-uh, I'm good. <laughs> Nobody the- showed up for me. Of course, because she was like, it's really detailed. And I'm surprised that you did as much as you've done. I haven't seen anybody go as detailed as you are, but. And you're like, you Exactly. Gotta- I'm like, throwing in the scale. And so since then, I've just been like, fuck it. I even tell Ted, I just eat salads and shit every day, but that's not healthy either. Have you considered, have you considered checking your hormones? I'm only saying because I'm, I'm only saying, let me tell you why, because a lot of people that do the work, right? Like do the work, they, they're very active. They incorporate exercise. They're eating the right foods, listening to their doctor and they still like they're, they're having trouble losing weight. But then if you, if you look at other like different lists of things that you may be experiencing, almost all Always, it has to do with a hormonal imbalance that's not allowing you to like drop the weight. I don't know. I know there was a time where I was walking up to what six miles a day, and then a, a couple times I did a couple ten milers, and then I I know we started last year. I was like, I'm gonna walk 500 miles by June 15th, and I think I got to 70, and I was like, Now nah, I'm good. And then I. <laughs> I mean, I got to 70, and that was like in two and a half months. I did 70, and I was mm-hmm. like something. To- because last year, the year before, I did 100 miles in 10 days. And I didn't even do all 10, 10 miles a day. I did, you know, a couple 10 milers, six here, there, that, the other. And I did 100 miles, well, I'll say 11 days. But when it's like, I know I can do it. It's just yeah. doing it. It's <laughs> Sometimes, like I just told written today, I'm the dad mom around here. I ain't got time. I, uh-uh. <laughs> 
I, I think you're 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 hiding something. You got a dirty closet somewhere, or you got something because you just seem like you you have all this time, and I'm like, I don't, I don't. <laughs> Like, I can't even, I have laundry sitting in my laundry room that I haven't done in two weeks. I'm walking around here almost naked. Right? I'm like, no, and I do have so much going on. And you know what? But a lot of people think that a lot of people think that. And we just have like a system in place that works. Well, what's the system? Because you don't hear five kids. You don't see- <laughs> Where you were like, oh, today I'm gonna show you how we how we homeschool or how I take care of five kids. I'm like, do you really got five kids? <laughs> we don't. We don't see kids. We're well, because any- because you gotta think about this. Well, first of all, I have to consider the older ones. Sometimes they don't want to come out, so I have to like work around that. Um, and then I don't want to put the little ones out too too much. Um, because right now they don't care, but maybe when they're older they'll care. But you gotta realize I'm not like recording all the time. Like I'm doing things, and then in between, like I'll take a shot and I'll do something here or there. People who have two kids and their house is never quiet. You're like, why in the hell? My my house is not quiet. I've never heard them in the background. (laughs) Never. I've never heard one of them. They've never busted in the room and been like, hey, mom, can I get a Coke? Well, you know what, though, Tanya, Tanya will tell you, I was blessed with really good kids. They're really like good. I think my younger ones are the loudest, the two little ones. They don't even hit each other. They're like, you don't hear none of them say, hey, mom, he hit me. She hit me. She just hit me. <laughs> no, but it's very, very hectic. Yeah. You might hmm? want to... Uh, Kids, so people know that they're safe because you might, you know, somebody might be like, she got them locked in a closet. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so noted mental note I'm now going to show the horrible, the horrible clips in the morning. A life in the day. Today I'm going to clean up this mess that these five badass kids done made. (laughs) But they don't make a mess like that, though. They don't. Maybe it's because they eat and you come on, you stumbled on the <laughs> top of meat and they'll fucking behave. <laughs> no, they really are good kids. The The little ones are the ones. And I would say the last one, Pax, he's probably the one that's a little more in your face. But even that, when I see other parents and their kids, I, I don't have to deal with that. So I don't even think it's me. I think it's just them. Or maybe God knew and he thought she's going to lose her mind. So let's send her good kids. <laughs> I missed that line because he must have skipped that Your but girls he, were really good girls. But they are. But EJ, yeah. dude, he just grew up like the first three and a half years of his life. He wasn't around other kids. Mm. And believe it or not, he's the living proof that kids pick up all your bad habits. Yeah. Because this dude. And every, I, I, if I had the video, I might need to put it on. I think I have it saved. Where this dude, he know, he knew how to lie at like two and a half. <laughs> he peed in a bottle, right? He peed in a bottle and was trying to get Jasmine to drink it when we were in El Paso. <laughs> and then I was like, EJ, what are you doing? He's like, nothing. I was like, why is that pee in the bottle? He said, the dog did it. <laughs> I was like, EJ. The dog peed in a bottle. He's like, yes. I was like, how? 
like, I don't know. He just did it. I was like, so why are you trying to get Jasmine to drink it? He's like, the dog did it. And, <laughs> and he like, wasn't. <laughs> didn't blink, didn't flinch. And he was as serious. And he's like that now. He'll sit there and he'll, he don't think about what he says. He's just uh-huh. like, I'm going to try to trip you up. And then I'm always calling him out on it. Like today, he was like, oh, I, I feel sick. I said, I guess, well, you can't go outside. Well, I don't feel that sick. I said, but you just said you were sick. I know, but I'm not that sick. I might want to, you know, this, that, or the third. <laughs> we went to, to eat last night, and my wife, had she takes drinks everywhere and never finishes them. So uh-huh. she had her cup of Pepsi or whatever, and he was like, Mom, can I have a drink? And she's like, yeah. And so she said, you can have the rest of it. And he took the cup, and he's like, yeah, I'll keep it back here. And so I said, um, no, give me that. And he's like, Mom said I could have it all. I said, but we're going to go to the restaurant. So guess what? I guess you'll be drinking this. Well, I don't want that. I said, but you just said you wanted it all. Well, I don't want that. I was like, so then why did you take it and just try to hold it? And he's like, well, I didn't know something he said. And I was just like, he's he constantly- didn't know what you guys were going to do. <laughs> constantly and he he got a shake at the restaurant and i was like i know ej every time we take him somewhere he always orders and never finishes his food never uh-huh. he'll buy stuff so he got this chocolate shake and i'm like who ordered the chocolate shake because i don't remember my wife said ej did it's like okay so i went and picked up the shake and i was like i'll hold on to the shake you got to eat before you can get it and he looked at me so crazy like if you don't give me that damn shake and i was like after you eat you can get the shake because we got to bribe him if it ain't something sweet or he's getting dessert or whatever or tacos he ain't he's not having <laughs> before we even eat uh what's for dinner and then next what what's for dessert and if we say no dessert he ain't eating mm. every single I'm like, you could be over at their house eating some of that non-meaty uh, stuff that they're eating. <laughs> <laughs> like roses and stuff, you know, whatever. Excuse me? He said, I, ex- I saw him when he was a baby. Hi. Yeah, he Look doesn't remember me. I saw him when he was a, a baby uh, baby. Look at him with his chest all out. Ah, so handsome. <laughs> He picked up all of our bad habits on how to lie, how to manipulate, how to con, how to trick, how to, I mean, everything. It got to the point, I have Tanya in here so I can watch this dude because he'll lie to you in a minute. He wakes <laughs> One night, me and Tanya were asleep, and I'm not really a hard sleeper, but he, I guess he was really quiet, and uh-huh. he's been doing it a while. So I turn over in the night, and I see a body, and I'm like, I know there's not ghosts in this house that I can actually see. And so <laughs> Tanya's like, EJ, and he drops down. <laughs> and like, because she had his, she had his uh, switch or his tablet uh-huh. on her nightstand. So he's been coming in while we're asleep, creeping in, getting the tablet. He'll go play <laughs> And then he'll go put it back. <laughs> but well, when we wake up, he's going to go places. <laughs> he's going to go places. He's going to go to jail. That's, no. good, that's not the place he wants to go. And it's like, EJ, what are you doing in here? And he's like, huh? I'm like, what are you doing in here? And he don't know. I seen him. He's like, I don't know. I was like, no, you were just in here with that tablet. And I know it ain't your first time coming in here because no matter where we put this thing, I'm telling y'all, if you lose something, call him. He'll find it. No matter where I put it. 
I put it in my sock drawer. He found it. I put it in my uh, top shelf of my closet. I could barely read where it is. And I'm like, this dude ain't finna find it in here. Sure as shit. I go in there <laughs> and the motherfucker moved. I'm like, how in the hell is this dude finding everywhere we put it? And then another night, he had to switch, and I, I went to the bathroom. I had to pee. When you get old, 3 o'clock is the universal pee time. I don't know why it is, but it is. <laughs> The universal pee time. So I'm in there and I hear, ha ha, I got you. And I'm like, once again, I know I'm not hearing no ghosts in here. So I'm like, hold on a second. Wait a second. So I hear it again. And I'm like, oh shit, that's EJ. And it was 2.30, 3 o'clock. And I walk in his room. He don't know I'm there because he's underneath the covers. <laughs> yeah, get him, get him. I got that guy. Go around here and get this guy. Da, 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 da. I pull back the covers. He's got full headset on, microphone. <laughs> and he is going to town and i'm like ej what in the hell are you doing and he just looks at me like oh shit i'm caught and i'm like the bad part is we took his switch from him and it was i think we put it in a drawer or something and he got it and had i not gotten up he probably would have put it back uh -huh. and we wouldn't have known. and so i'm like this dude is a, it's two o'clock in the morning and you know me i'm old school i'm like i cannot be whooping this dude as much as if i was to whoop him as much as i wanted to i would go to jail because that's all i would do because <laughs> <laughs> nothing else works. I'm like, play sports. So, can't go outside. So, can't do this. He said, no, because he knows he's going to find it in the middle of the night when we're asleep. Because he's going to outsmart you so he doesn't care. Dude, I can't do it. I don't get it. I don't get it. My kids don't have never done anything like that. And I don't know why. They they listen to me. Do they have tablets? They do. Oh, and okay, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you something. So our oldest one, Desiree, she's going to be, she's 16 right now. She's going to be 17 soon. She'll still get her phone taken away. And she will hold off without a phone until Ren says, okay, I see you're pulling your weight around here. You're doing more, blah, blah, blah. And then she gets it. By eight o'clock, everybody has to put their phones, tablets, video games away. And they do it. Even Kai, who's 15 now, he puts it away. Wow. I don't, I don't know. So that's why I'm telling you. I don't know what's going on. It's the meat. <laughs> it's the meat. <laughs> Get him on a strict plant-based diet right now. <laughs> it's the meat. It's the meat, because we were going to get him checked for ADHD or whatever, but then mm -hmm. always, I mean, because he was born six months early. Uh, not mm -hmm. six months now. Um, he was born six weeks early. Tanya says four, but I say six. And ever since he was born early, you know, the lady would come to the house and they were like, oh, you got to do these kind of things and this. And they had us putting him in a box so he could sit up. And I wasn't doing that. I was like, ain't nothing wrong with my son. He's going to grow mm -hmm. out of this stuff young. And I don't know if him being born early, you know, caused him to have ADHD or whatever, but mm -hmm. have my own personal thing of what I think it is, but she gets mad when I say it. Yeah. Uh, but it's like, when he's around her, which is my wife, you if you sit back and watch, he's just manipulating. Mom, and, mamas but, and boys have a, a separate... Um, yes, it's, yeah. it's irritating as all get out. And I'm just like, this dude, he'll hug all on her and when he wants something. Then when he don't get his way, it's I hate you and the stare down and the stomp off and the throwing of this and that when he don't get his way. And I'm like, you don't see all this stuff happening? 
And she's just like, he's my baby. I'm like, well, this baby is going to be 15 one day. And I mean, I even had to catch him a couple times because he's like lunged at her. And I'm like, I'm going to end up in scary, jail. That's scary, yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> See you all later. I went and defended you and I'm in jail now. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be in jail or I'm going to have to move out one because this dude <laughs> one day because, you know, he's going to feel himself and he's going to be like, well, shit, you ain't done nothing yet. So what mm-hmm. the hell do I got? But when I come home or he hears that I'm around, it's like instant stop. Uh oh, dad's coming. And then he just acts like he's been, what? I wasn't doing nothing. And blah, blah, blah. and I'm like, I've caught him a lot of times because I tell him, hey, we can go to the video camera and he'll be like, his face will get, you know, whatever. And then he'll, oh, you want to know the truth? I've been asking for the truth since the first time I asked the question. Well, this is what happened. The thing that I'm really scared about is I want him to know that females can be an authority figure because that is at his sass it's 90 percent women and you know so far i think there's only been one incident where they were telling him to do something and he just wasn't doing it and they's like well you know we never have problems at all I'm like look the issue with me is i need him to know that a woman can tell you what to do just as much as a man can yeah and if you don't affect a woman and do what they're told then you're gonna have a problem because no matter where you go there's a good chance you're gonna have a female supervisor and if you were raised not listening and doing what you want because that's all you want to do and this that you're gonna have a hard time yeah you know yeah and sometimes sadly women because we are used to men especially like sort of degrading us or thinking like we don't have authority um sometimes you feel like you have to step up and push down even harder when you're in in a position of authority because you know it's it's understandable um so that could get hard and you know i don't i don't know maybe if tanya ever shared this her experience with you when you you would, you know, deploy and whatnot. But I heard a lot of the spouses all the time with kids. Their biggest complaint or one of the biggest complaint that they had was, I can't wait for your dad to come home so you can straighten out, right? And I never understood that because I never put that as a thought in my head and I never threatened the kids with that. Like, and, and I don't know if maybe it was the way we were raised because in my house, my mom is very much the authority and so raising them they all know you listen to me as much as you listen to dad and we're on the same page and sometimes we disagree on things because he can be a little bit like harder but we never disagree in front of them we always take it to us you know later and we say well this is what I think blah 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 but you already did that so we're gonna stick to that because they can't see that we're you know against each other otherwise they're gonna use that that's happened a couple times with us is I've said something and she's like well I already told him whatever and i'm like see that right there you know because kids know that and then they know who to go with you know after he'll ask his mom something and then he'll my mom said i could do this that the other i'm like well unfortunately your mom ain't here right now so uh unless she tells me even today my mom said i could play my like well she did tell me that you played a nintendo or if jasmine's here jasmine will call and say you know can can he play the nintendo which i told my mom too i was like mom if i'm not watching ej and someone else is watching him and they make a decision that I don't agree with I can't really say anything because I'm not there mm-hmm. you know I yeah. tell him to go outside and I don't tell Jasmine hey he can't go outside and she says yeah you can go outside I just have to chop that up to the game yeah because I guess you need to be more thorough or whatever with your instructions but most of the time if I'm not there the same word is if you're not here and he's doing something for me and I make a decision I don't want to hear nothing about it because it is what it is but yeah. this parenting it's a whole different for me it's, it's 
really old. hard. It's really, really hard. You know, I've had instances where the kids, because I, I can be a little bit more softer with things, my decisions with them, you know, and then Ren will say something and they'll, they'll be like, okay, we know not to question that. But there's been times where they really want to do something. Well, the little ones, because the older ones don't. The, the younger ones will go to Ren and they'll ask him and he has no clue that I already said no to something, uh-huh. right? Um, <clears throat> and then they'll come and tell me, dad said we could. But see, that's the thing. They come and tell me, we asked that. And then I say, but I had already said no. And when I yeah. say that, Ren hears that and he says, well, she had already said no. I'm sorry. And so I think that that's probably been one of the most important things that we have gotten right. Because there's so many things we've done wrong. Oh, my gosh, as parents. But I think that's probably one of the ones that we get right is that they know we will back each other up. And then if we felt that one of us screwed it up, then we'll have like a better game plan for the next time but as uh, you know at that point we're like that's what it is it is what it is and i never never told the kids you wait till dad comes home because if a situation was happening i took care of it because guess what i'm the parent too and so i think just because i didn't give them that option they didn't even know that was an option they don't question what i say and they don't question what he says either yeah i do that too because i know there's times i get that feeling like he's asking me only because he didn't get the answer or he wants from his mom so then yeah. nine times I'll hear mom say and he's like she said no or she, or he'll say I don't know like you don't know what your mom said well let's go <laughs> ask no, like so. Then why are you asking me? Yeah, yeah. You know, but I guess that's also normal, though, Kendrick. Like that, kids do that. They kind of try to figure out where they can get away with things. So say this, and it's gonna sound racist as hell, but it is what it is. Is I think too that ethnicity has a lot to do with it because I raised is uh kind of how you raise, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I've noticed and I've understood some things that happen with me that I try to change. Like I probably can count on my hand how many times my dad has said I love you to me and I'm like I don't want to be to where I can't tell my kids I love them so sometimes I'll say I love you but my thing to make it where I can say that is I say love you bye because most of the time when you're on the phone and you get ready to get off the phone you tell somebody hey I love you bye so for me I just say hey love you bye and that's me saying I love you and mm-hmm. bye not as mushy as oh I love you and you With know the whatever. cheeks and the- <laughs> I, like I say, and it, when my dad would tell me or my mom, even now, if she tells me that she loves me or whatever, it just feels weird. Like, y'all don't say that, you know, mm. you, now you're saying it feels weird or whatever the case may be. So, yeah, that's one of the things. And then another thing I noticed, too, is teaching kids how to manage money is the hardest thing in the world. It is. Because, because if you have it, you don't appreciate it because you know it's never going to end. And if you don't have it, you don't appreciate you don't appreciate it because you never had it. So when I get money, I'm getting what I want. So it's just like, how in the hell am I supposed to teach this dude how to like we he has money in the bank and every time he gets his money i want to do this i want to do that. i'm like well you're supposed to save he's like why i want this i want that i'm like well there might be a rainy day or whatever thinking about the future is the hardest thing when it comes to teaching kids about money and responsibility and life just, choices yes and then another thing i know we're tired of talking about kids but i also no, 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 now, no. That, now that i have a granddaughter i have a grandson too but he's in Germany. So I've actually pretty much raised her this whole year that I never noticed that there goes a time from where you like, you know, when they're babies, you're like, yes, grab this, take this, go ahead, do, 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 you know, that's okay. And then all of a sudden it's like one day when they actually learn that 
I'm gonna grab this. It goes from you can do everything to no, stop, no. Mm -hmm. it, like it's kind of that might be one of the reasons why we have problems with children is because we go from praising them and this, that, the other, then immediately it's like no, stop, you're bad, you're doing. It ain't that they're bad. It's just that you don't want to be bothered with dealing with this kid experimenting, you know, with life or whatever it is. Boundaries so, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's one thing that I've learned with having a granddaughter because she is she's headstrong and she's only one if she wants it she's getting it if she don't like it she'll push your face out of her just as getting it. and it's just i think it's different when it ain't your child and i know a lot of people say that but once you become a grandparent you'll see you it's get different. it yeah what? yeah you get it okay i'm coming what happened but yeah, so no he's saying it's time to eat i'm enjoying myself leave me alone <laughs> <laughs> you know, somebody, I, I, a friend and I were talking about this not long ago, where a lot of people criticize like the younger generation about, oh, they cry too much. They're too sensitive. They can't deal with it. You know, and then, you know, she was like, well, that may be so, but who raised them? And yep. look at the differences in like where they're developing right now. It's like this constant input of information. And you as an adult, like, like if you if you're plugged in too much, you're overwhelmed and you're like, yep. I can't watch any more of this. So they're growing up. This is like normal for them. There's all this loads of information coming through. And then you like a lot of them were raised by people like, you know, our generation and older where, yes, you can have this because maybe we didn't have some opportunity. So we want to give it to them. And then, like you said, you give them everything, everything, everything. And then you cut them off. And then it's like they don't know how to regulate that so we're very quick to call them out on oh you're not headstrong you're not this you're not that but like we have to be held accountable too for what we did yeah part of it is to me when they don't get they don't have the social skills mm -hmm. you know, because what are your There's challenges no face to face either yeah what are your challenges when you're talking to somebody on you're playing a video game and you're talking to somebody through you don't see them if you don't like what they're saying you can just disconnect you know so it's not like so then that's when you go to school and you see people face to face and it's like they're talking oh this person's talking about me this okay mm -hmm. so what stop drive up talk back back to them or whatever you know mm -hmm. and that's missing and that's why we end up with this why generation because they're so used to being able to get whatever they want if i want something i can make a phone call i can place an order and here it comes and the moment somebody says you can't or they tell you you got to do something you don't want to do which is this dude right here why do i got to do that because i said so well, I don't want to. Well, then then you won't get what you want out of it. You know, if you don't, yeah. play, he yeah. ain't played sports because he don't read. He don't want to read. Can he read? Yes. But does he want to read? No. And it's like, well, until you read, you ain't going to play sports. And another thing that I've learned, too, is that I'm telling him it ain't just reading because you have to read. It's reading because you need to, to comprehend. Yes. yes. Because. <laughs> For reading, like he has word problems right now. And all last week and the week before, he'd have these word problems and he wouldn't read it. He would just see the numbers up there and start, oh, I know the answer. Wrong, because they do it on computer now. So mm. it's like wrong wrong and he's like why can't i get the answer right i'm like well did you read it he's like i don't need to read it because there's an answer right there i'm like well then if you don't need to read it why are you getting it wrong and if you do read it are you understanding what you're reading mm -hmm. nine times he don't understand yeah he just see 
And then after working with him, he probably still don't do it at school, but after working with him and telling him, hey, when you get a problem, first thing you're supposed to do, read. Start at the top and read and understand what the question is saying because... Yeah, because you know what? They're so used to like the the instant gratification, Mm -hmm. you know, like the... You push a button and it appears and then it's right or wrong and you don't want to deal with like how you got there. Um, So, yeah, it's true. It's true. With the video games and everything. That's what I tell him, too. He's like, well, the answer's right. I was like, it don't matter if the answer's right. You need to be able to explain how you got that answer. Mm -hmm. You need to write on a piece of paper and show your work, how you subtracted and added and this, that, the other and whatever the case may be, because that's what people want to know is how did you get to that answer? We don't care if it's right. Yeah. I mean, it don't. The teacher says, well, if you know that what's right, then just write, write the right, correct answer and go back and do the work later. No, that ain't how we was taught. We was taught if you take five minutes on one question, guess what? You only got one right if that's all, all the time you had to take for the test. Mm-hmm. It is. Now you should be practicing at home, which they don't got much homework. I mean, 10 minutes of homework. Yeah. And there's be superstars at school, but whatever. <laughs> You're like, I'm not a teacher, so I <laughs> I, I had that COVID thing. I'm telling you, I was so mad. I'd come home every day, and I'm like, I can't teach him because I'm teaching him how I was taught. And it, my teacher didn't say we had to do it like this. My teacher don't tell us to do it like this. Well, your teacher out is at the house afraid of COVID just like we are. So you're going to learn how I'm learning. Yeah. And then when he was cool, the teacher would teach him something totally different. And it just, I just like, I'm not doing it no more. I'm done. <laughs> Yeah. How how was that for you all as a family? COVID, like that first year was maybe not so. Yeah, I think like going into the second year is when everybody was done and fried. And uh, The first one was what? The end of 20? I think it was the beginning of 2020, around March. 20 or somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. And then time and then that school year, I didn't like it because... I'm not a teacher, number one. I work. So, yeah, because you still had to go to work. Yeah, they more to the stay at home mom because they would do stuff in the middle of the day. Like, oh, we're going to have a group group session at at 11 o'clock. I'm at work at 11 o'clock. Tanya's at work at 11 o'clock. EJ is at SAS or or wherever because, you know, they called us essential personnel. So, he Mm -hmm. still got SAS, but I still had to, I would get off about two o'clock to come home and be the teacher. And they would do stuff during the day that he wasn't there for. And then I would teach him what I wanted him to learn or how I wanted him to learn. And then we would just turn it in. You know, it was it was a mess. It was a mess. Yeah. A lot of people were like really stressed out because they couldn't stop working, Um, like even from home. But um, there was a a friend of my mom's. I think she got in trouble with the teacher because she was at home and she had other kids and they were like all sitting down in front of the laptop or whatever. But she didn't want her. The teacher didn't want her daughter to be sitting like on a bed because she's like I want you to feel like prepped and ready you know to like tell your brain I'm gonna work but she's like but I have four other kids and they're all in front of laptops and there's only so many places where I can spread them right so they can have a little bit of privacy um so I think it was like really tough on everybody I feel lucky in in a sense not in everything because I did get burnout <laughs> really fast but I feel lucky that right before COVID hit 
it right before we even knew that COVID existed on this side of the of the planet. I had decided to homeschool the kids. I had already been thinking about it. I wasn't happy with some stuff I was seeing in the school system. And I was already doing my research and like talking to people that had been doing it yeah. for years, like trying to figure out if this was something I, you know, because I'm not a teacher. So again, I was like, well, I don't want to be the one that like makes them regress or whatever. So it was just a matter of like doing research and then finding the courage to say, okay, I think I can do this. So right before the end of that of that year, 2019, I decided, I told Ren, I think I'm going to homeschool the kids. And he's like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, I, I think I am. Right. So I pulled him out of school and then COVID happened because this was like Christmas break. So they didn't go, yeah. they weren't going to go back after Christmas break anyway. So it didn't feel like I didn't have to deal with the school system with like, you have to log in and you have to do this and you have to do that. <laughs> and that, yeah, because that's what was killing everybody because everybody was trying to figure it out. They didn't really have a system. They didn't, they were kind of like, as it was coming, they were, you know, adjusting. Yeah. Um, and we were like slowing it down, taking our time, reading, doing this doing that so that part wasn't it didn't feel like exhausting for me and the kids um yeah. it was actually a much needed break i think but it was afterwards because ren left for a year oh, you know yeah, after went. that yeah he went to korea again and so it was me being stuck at home day in day out because you couldn't go anywhere so we were yeah. stuck it was bad that's what was what was hard for me i don't see how you homeschool i don't even know how that works like how do they graduate and how do they go to a college if you're giving them straight a's then they well, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> you pass you pass you I, pass. I, I get stupid i'm sorry <laughs> So it depends on each state. Each state has its own like rules and then like their whatever it is that you have to follow. Texas is actually really, um, I don't want to say easy because they do have rules, but it's flexible. And so I graduate them and I would give them a certificate. And by law, anywhere in the state, if you're homeschooled, they have to be able to take an SAT to be admitted to the university. So they still have to take like an SAT and see where they score and then see if this the school accepts them. So they're going to feel awkward because they're not used to being around other students and interacting with others when it comes to being college. Mm, being well, the older ones did go to school for a while. Um, oh. Desiree had a lot of trouble at school with like excessive bullying. Like she almost got stabbed one day. I, it was really bad. It was bad. So I pulled her out before because it was out of control. And then the other ones kept going. Kai and Lani kept going to school for a few more years. And I think just their their personality, they don't, they adapt. They adapt really like fairly quickly. They talk to anybody. They have no trouble talking to anybody and then the other ones like we do go and they interact with other kids they play and I think just being a part of like a big family if you talk to my four-year-old he's not afraid to like have a conversation with you and he, like you know what I mean he's not awkward he doesn't so I think that a lot of different things have helped them but I also don't think that homeschooling is for everybody I think some I kids could, do better in a, in a classroom setting I couldn't do it because I'd have my belt right on my shoulder and <laughs> Sorry, you the answer. Read, come on over here and get this ass. Whooping. We've been <laughs> over this twenty times. Like that with him right now. I'm like, did you read the question? Yes. Are you looking at these symbols? <laughs> yes. I'm like, so then read, and the answer is right there. It's right there, and he's just looking at. Give me the oh, report no. card. Give me the report card. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you know what also 
helps us though. The the curriculum I follow is very like open to discussion. So they don't really feel like they're strapped down doing a bunch of worksheets. So we do follow a curriculum. I'm not just making crap up out of my own, you know, head. And it's and it's literature based. So we do a lot of reading. And because it's a lot of reading, they develop the questions and like the learning lessons from whatever book you're reading. So it's a lot of sitting down, having open conversations and stuff. And they like that. And that helps too with like being able to like communicate well and you know ej he he'll just sit there on you i'm like read the sentence like we had homework on tornadoes and we, mm-hmm. we read over a uh, tornado watch is this or tornado warning is this and turn right away hey, ej what's a tornado warning i don't know we just read this shit <laughs> <laughs> you're like i know <laughs> i'm good for fourth grade and i'm ready to go to fourth grade <laughs> You know, now, now when we were in Alaska and Jasmine came with that new math shit where you're drawing boxes and squares when you're doing multiplication tables. And we did this at work and, and some, I think it's called Lotus or whatever it was called uh-huh. or whatever. So I asked some of the guys at work, I was like, do y'all do this Lotus? Y'all know how to do Lotus? And it's like, yeah, I still do it today. I'm like, you're grown. He's like, I know. I was like, but can you see yourself <laughs> being at a board meeting and somebody says, hey, what's 12 div- or times 160,000? And you're up here with boxes on the board and <laughs> all kinds of stuff in a board meeting. That's ridiculous. <laughs> he, I mean, he had like 13 dang lines of boxes over and over. I'm like, all that to get the answer? Come on now, man. He's like, that's the only thing I knew. So we ended up coming, he ended up having a daily uh, math problem. Uh-huh. Eventually, you're going to stop writing all these damn boxes on this board and he just wouldn't <laughs> stop. Like you draw this diagonal and this diagonal and two plus three is this and two plus this is this. And I'm like, by the time you, I'm done. Uh-huh. I took me 10, you half hour. I entered it on the calculator. <laughs> yeah. like, come on, man. And he just, I just said, I can't believe that you actually, they taught that when I couldn't do it. And it was hard. Even now it's just like, you're open to however you can figure it out is what helps them. I'm like, no, I didn't get that option. I'm sorry. I was told this. <laughs> I had to learn it. <laughs> yeah, this I'm going to do it. And if you don't do it this way, then you're not getting out of this grade. And so now it's like, well, shit, I'm, I'm in the 12th grade and 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. I'm like, you're in the 12th grade still using your fingers, man? Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes I still do that. So I'm not even going to comment <laughs> on that. <laughs> Sometimes I do, or I'll do the whole, you know, like I'm pointing in the air and I'm doing imaginary numbers. Math was never my thing, ever, Kendrick. And I think that's another reason why I opted to homeschool the kids. Well, for a lot of reasons, but one of them was that my Estra, who's our seven-year-old, I already knew. When he's going to go into school, the way he thinks, right, I identify the way way he thinks, I identified a lot. Like, I remember growing up and being like, I can see why he thinks with his logic, why he would figure that out, because that's how I am, right? And so I didn't think he was going to find a teacher that had the time or the resources to be able to do one-on-one with him, because he's, like, very fidgety. He's very, very smart, but he, you can sit him down for more than 10 minutes. He just can't do it. He 
can't do it, which is why I also think I might be testing him for ADHD. And But he'll tell me, I tell him, your brain works differently, but you can do this, right? But we have to figure out a way where you can understand it. So he'll tell me, he does 10 minutes, 15 minutes of work, and he'll say, I need a break. He goes, he jumps, he does whatever, lifts whatever, gets it out of his system, comes right back. He wasn't going to be able to do that in school. He was going to have to sit down for six, seven hours. And my fear was that he was going to be labeled a bad kid because he couldn't, you know, because nobody was going to, I mean, the teachers are already so overworked, you know, they don't really have the help. And if he wasn't going to be listening to them, I don't think it, because he's not a bad kid, like at all. He's super sweet, but they were going to just take it as, oh, you're not listening. You're the bad, you're the disruptor, you're the this, you know? And I was like, I can't have him labeled like that because then he'll believe it and then he won't try. So that's another reason we decided to to homeschool. He was my biggest reason, honestly, and it's worked so well because he, I don't think he's cut out for traditional school. I don't, I don't think he can do it. I mean, it's, it's because EJ is kind of like that too. He can't do anything for more than five to 10 minutes, no matter what it is, other than mm-hmm. the stupid video. But that's because he's interactive and he's doing stuff on right. the game. His brain is going, going, going. And he that he's just sitting there, but he likes doing all his math in his head. And I'm like, that's all fine. Good for these small questions. But when you get to different, you got to do like four and five different math problems inside of one math problem to come up with one answer. That's where you're going to get lost because he can do it now. He, he can do like two different math problems, remember the answer for the first one and the second one and add those together. But when you get into four and five math problems inside of one, that's where I'm like, that's why you have to write stuff down. I know yeah. you know it in your head, but you got to be able to write it down and have these, uh, what do they call it? I call them methods or solutions or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like if you got something in parentheses and this and that and all that crazy crap that we had to do, I still don't know those freaking formulas. Um, I just know I do it like money. You know, I go in a store, something's 50, 50% off. Well, shit, how much is it? It's four ninety nine. That's five dollars. Half of that is two fifty. Half of two fifty is freaking a dollar twenty five. Twenty five percent, so it's a dollar twenty five. That's how I do when it comes mm-hmm. to percentage. And then you realize these discounts ain't shit. You know? <laughs> I know. They're just making this sound real good, but it's nothing. It's a dollar <laughs> off. Ten percent more of your cereal. And you're like, seven? <laughs> seven? There's seventy in ten of seventy is seven? <laughs> you sold me on that? <laughs> That's my wife. It was on sale. I'm like, but what was the sale? Oh, it was buy one, get one free. Well, it was $12 for one, and they're normally $6 each. You still paid $6. (laughs) Uh, You know, that's something that I always envied about her, and in a good way, that or admire, I guess I should say, that she's so meticulous and detailed-oriented. Like, she will not stop. Stop until it figures it out. She figures it out and all the time. I have that because she, I am her remote control and she'll say we a lot, which means me. She, we have to do this. <laughs> and I'm like, you just mean me. She's good at planning. She's good at all the other stuff, but she needs me to execute. And I'm like, we should have our own team. Because you're Cause an executor. You really you, are. You'll be like, these mugs are the funniest because we just sit there and argue and I... <laughs> 
some stuff she says, I'm just like, why would you do it like that? And she's like, well, and I'm like, all you have to do, I don't want to do it like that. I want to do it like this. And I'm like, oh my God, you're killing me. And I just have to sit there and bear through this stuff. But yeah, because you because you get through it, right? Like you figure something out and you do it. I feel like you're a lot like Ren in that sense. Like you work smarter. So it's like, it's like <laughs> we have been we are we've been raised with what the end product is you tell me what you want and by the time you finish telling me what you want i see it in my head now the question is how am i going to get that out you know like yeah. for her job they they want they want to make this banner and we just bought a not we i see once again <laughs> i bought a cricket a cricket maker right uh-huh. and i'm thinking i should have a craft show i don't know what i would call it but there's <laughs> black craft on you but it would be wonderful. It, it so would I, do great. Yeah. I, I, I got to have a name like Black Brother Crafting or something, you know. <laughs> 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 but so they were like, we want to have these flags that make the banner, you know, the banners that are with the flag in each letter and all that. Uh-huh. And I was like, what's the problem? And they were like, what do you mean, what's the problem? I'm like, I already see it done in my head. When do you want it? Tane was like, well, I need to learn. I was like, well, you and I both know you're not going to do this. So. <laughs> So let's just get right to it. Because when I bought the thing, I really wanted one. But I was like, if I get one, I'm cool. If I don't get one, I'm cool. So it was a cricket maker and she works at the pawn shop. And any like today, I just bought this MacBook. Uh This, this, This thing right here. It's a 2019, but mine is a 2016, I think. So uh-huh. anytime deals come out, she calls me. So I, I, she's like, we got this cricket maker over here for $149. And I was like, what's a cricket maker? I know about the cricket, but what's the maker? So I'm online and it's like one of the top line ones for 140 bucks. So I get it. And she's like, we're going to make crafts and we're going to do this. And where I'm like, you know, you ain't finna do no damn crafts. <laughs> make me do here I am. I done made. Cracking away. <laughs> Crank cutting away. I'm like, this is some old root shit going on here at this house because she's white and I'm black, boy, I tell you. But what? <laughs> if- but anyway, so they made, they were talking about this banner and I was like, well, shit, let me go home right quick and, and make a banner. And so I came home and did the letters and I did like two flags of it and I took it back to him and I was like, see, this is, and she's like, yeah, we just need you to spell out Father's Day sale and Mother's Day sale. I was like, I thought we was going to be you and me. Now it's turning into I got to do all <laughs> now, this. Now I got homework. <laughs> I mean, I ain't gonna lie. I enjoy doing it because I enjoy uh, making sure she's happy and taken care of and jazz all my kids and stuff. So it sucks, but it is what it is. But that's who you are, though. I know, like, I know you people see you because you're really, like, big. You're tall and, you know, you look like you could be mean. But you're a really, no, you're a nice guy. Well, unless you've been faking every time that we've had some type of... No, but you are a I'm, nice guy. And that's the thing is I have to protect that because mm-hmm. once people find out that I'm not what they perceive me to be, uh-huh. they advantage. Because yeah. it's very seldom will you hear me say no. I always try to come up with a different answer other than no, because I just believe I can do anything. So when people say, hey, I need help, I need this, or, you know, even if I know they don't need help, but I know they're working on something, I'll be trying to think in my head how I can get that done faster in a better way or whatever the case may be. And even at work, I tell the guy that's underneath me, you know, you're the senior mechanic, you should run the shop because I step on toes. I, I don't care about chain of command yeah. and, that, and I'm going to the soldiers. 
but I forget that this guy is supposed to be doing this because I just like helping people. Even when we got to Iraq, the second one, the yeah, warrant officer there, I walked in there and he was looking at me and we started talking and he was like, whoa. I was like, what? He's like, you don't talk nothing like I thought you were going to. Like, what do you mean? I was expecting you to come in here with slang and this, that, the other, but you talk proper. I was like, that's a bad thing. I know like, you're like, not- excuse me. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, like I tell my soldiers, my catchphrase is motherfucker. Excuse yeah. my French. And I put it in their brief when they first come to my <laughs> office. Sit down. Hey, you might get called a motherfucker. And I tell them, uh, it don't mean that you are a motherfucker. But when I get mad, that's all I can think it of. It flies out. Yep. And yeah. for some reason, when I had to, I get crystal cleared in a mug. I can remember everything. And I, but when I'm cool, calm, and collected, I'd be like struggling, talking to people. I'm like, and in the middle of train of thought, just be like, it just left. And I'm like, oh, shit. I- <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, everybody, when they see me at first, they're like, oh, he's he's this, that, the other. And You're a people like, person. I try you to talk, be. You talk to anybody and it comes easy to you, which is also like really funny because if people that know you, they know Tanya, your wife. She's really quiet. Yeah. Very well, timid. Gets- yeah, I know. She gets tipsy and she talks. She blushes and she <laughs> talks. <laughs> It's like, you come on, man. Like, when you don't know about the time in Korea because she drinks. When we when she does drink, she'll drink. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. us and the mottos, we went to this club mm-hmm. and was drinking. And I don't mind her drinking, but when we're in public, I'm always defensive in my head. I'm like, if something breaks out, I got to figure out how to get us out of here and this, that, the other. Yeah. And that <laughs> is some person that can't walk falling all over the place. And we're <laughs> and ruin our exit plan. Yes. <laughs> So we're sitting there. I mean, Tanya, how long were we there? We were there probably about a good four hours. And her and um, Tiffany, they were just tossing them back. Boom, boom. <laughs> What's that? Boom, What's this? boom, boom. I mean, Jasmine, I think she just turned 18, 19, whatever. And she was drinking. Boom. Everybody was tossing them back. And then it was time to go. And I was like, because Tanya, when she starts getting out, she just starts getting ridiculous. And I'm like, oh, you're starting to piss me off. So we try to leave. This chick stands up and falls. I was so embarrassed. I was like, fuck your ass up. And she took forever and I just walked off. Oh, that's me. <laughs> Aldonado and Tiffany, they both were back there trying to help her up. And I was so mad. I walked off. I was outside down the street, almost to the car. I was like, I'll be damned. And they're like, you just... <laughs> I told her ass, don't be getting sloppy drunk like that. Because if something happens, we fucking got to. So, yep. Ever since, and I got drunk once. I mean, I don't even drink, but I got drunk. They paid me to drink. I'd say probably about half of this of mm-hmm. tequila. Mm-hmm. And it hit you. Man, I had never been drunk. And I took it and I went to the head. And I thought I was cool. And then all of a sudden, it was just like the room was just doing this. Just wavy. <laughs> And then it's like tequila. That's hard for some someone who doesn't drink. Well, I drink a lot. So, I mean, yeah. the, the part of it wasn't the problem. It was just the content. Mm-hmm. And I'm standing by the stove and I was like, why in the fuck is the whole room feel like I'm on a boat? And I apparently I was just the funniest motherfucker I'd ever been in my life when I was drunk. <laughs> and I giggling, get drunk again. Get No, I'm sorry. I did it once. Never again. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. It's a horrible feeling. It's terrible. It's a horrible feeling. I don't like, you know, because I used to drink when I was younger, but then I had kids and I immediately thought to myself, I can't ever not be in control of my body and my thoughts and take care of these kids. Like, I just can't do it. I can't. That, so I just never drank again. It's a control thing for me, too, because I, I mean, I know I'm not the healthiest, but I need to have all faculties at all times because you never know. When stuff pops off, people have a tendency of hitting the biggest thing they can find in the room. Yeah. And that just so- <laughs> it happens to be you. Somebody's going to hit me and pop one off or whatever, and I can't defend myself. So, nah, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I- always, I would always think, you know, because I was alone so much with the kids, and I was like, how am I going to sit here and be buzzed and something goes down and I'm trying to carry babies all over? I can't. I can. Yeah. I would have not a good escape. But yeah, I think once Tanya told me he can taste it. Like even if it's something sweet and you put a little tiny bit, he'll know. And she did. She gave you something. I can't remember what it was. And you took a sip of that thinking it was just like some regular soda. And you were like, uh, this has liquor in it. No, thanks. <laughs> I, every time she's like how do you know i was like because i don't drink it that much everybody's like oh well, we can taste the fruit well i don't taste none of the fruit i just taste that <laughs> at my throat that's just no uh-uh so i, got I know what do you think what do you think about this uh incident that happened sunday Oh, with the slap. Yes. Oh, so uh, I think so many things, but I also think that I don't know if I should say anything about it. Why not? <laughs> uh, okay, so well, for, you tell me what you think. I think Will Smith is a punk for that shit. I kind of lost a little bit of respect, yeah. Because nobody is, is, I think I heard one other person on a radio store, on a radio station on Sirius XM. No one is, is saying that you went up there and slapped some dude over a joke, but you didn't do a damn thing to August Alsina when they were bragging about messing with each other or whatever. You know what I'm saying? That entanglement bullshit or whatever. Yeah. That was perfect. Fine. You can sleep with, with my girl. You can have her messing with you and this, that, the other. But if you do a little G.I. Jane joke, I'm going to come up there and slap you. That was just, I was going to say, it could have been a compliment because G.I. Jane was a fucking, it wasn't like she was a horrible person. She was fucking strong and managed to do all that shit. And you know what I'm saying? It could have been that. Yeah, she could have taken that as a compliment. You know, I think that what I have a problem with or what I can observe, because I don't necessarily think it's something that affects me that I have a problem with it. But what I observed and I'm like, that makes me kind of sad is that I feel it was a display of ego more so than actually defending her i feel like i don't know like it was it was a reaction to his ego in the moment and to be because he's what like 50 years old too i think he's 53 or <laughs> yeah i feel like Chris i mean we, yeah um i just i don't know i feel like maybe he could have he's entitled to have a problem with that right because like we never know how you're gonna how anybody's gonna feel about anything that's being said but i yeah. was just telling ren like you have every right to to address something that you have a problem with that's fine i don't think anybody can argue with that and then, and if that offended you and you feel like maybe it made your is <laughs> walking around with his stuff <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> We're trying to have a serious conversation here, sir. 
Um, I think he could have addressed it differently, you know, and and gone up to uh, up to him and said, "Hey, this wasn't cool." Yeah, this whatever. just came to me. Rolling her eyes and all that could have been at her husband for for him laughing at the joke. Yeah, yeah, because he was because he was laughing, right? I didn't catch that until later. Face, and then she rolled her eyes and looked at him. Maybe she was rolling her eyes at him, and but I think Jada punked his ass too, and and probably made him go up there or said something. You ain't gonna do nothing or whatever the case. Because someone else said, you know, she when she saw him getting ready to get up, go on stage, she could have been like, "What are you doing? Don't go up there. Sit down. Whatever. You know." She yeah. just let him go up. And I think she she puts him in these embarrassing situations and he's too blind to see that he's being played. That's how yeah. I see it. Because there's not too many motherfuckers that are going to sit at a table and let their wife say, oh, yeah, I was in an entanglement with this person. And what does that mean? You know, and he just sat there like, <laughs> you know, that's fine. You're in an entanglement or whatever. You know, no, nah, you tell me that we got a problem first. Uh, what the fuck? No. Where is this motherfucker at? Bring him to the table so we can, we, talk. you know, yeah. much talking going on. Going to be some knuckles popping up against somebody's <laughs> I but, just think yeah. that I just think that the one thing that we can all or we should all maybe take from that again aside from like all the details is that there is something very meaningful and necessary about taking a step back before you react. And then he I also think Will needs to go to the gym because Chris ain't a big dude and Yeah, he's small. Just like wow and wow, he slapped the shit out of me. You know, he ain't stagger. He ain't nothing. He just, and that's just, I don't know. I, I, I know. I, it was just really heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking you for a lot of reasons. I felt really awful for Chris because that was something really hard to stand there and like still have to go through. And, you know, he still did his job, which was, I mean, wow. You know, I thought himself because if you watch the video again and you look at his hand he looked like he was clenching his fist and was getting ready to i mean it was just that fast of a reaction that he and then he's just like wow you know i think but, he see, had but see what i mean see what i mean he did that like he i'm sure he reacted like his impulse something in his body reacted but he still was like wow you know and then i think he had a performance like the day after and people that went said that he said he's still processing it so he's yeah. not necessarily rushing to like talk about it, which I think is also smart, right? Like yeah. choosing, processing it yourself. How is it going to play out? I don't think he should say. I, I don't th think he should say anything. I just didn't like the fact that the first four days, it wasn't until like Thursday that people started actually mentioning Chris and how he, you know, did. It was everything will, 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 you know, and no one's mentioning that. Hey, this motherfucker took a slap to the face. Did his job say, still? Didn't even press charges because I'm going to tell you now, if it was me, lock that motherfucker up. I can't hit his ass back on stage and this, that, the other. Take his ass to jail right goddamn now. I don't give a fuck who you are. You are not slapping me on national TV for the world to see and just going to sit there and smile and then get on stage and cry. You can kiss my ass. I'm sorry. Yeah, and, and I think especially because like I was talking with Ryan about that last night too and I was like, even if you don't get into the details of like, well, this is what I think was right and this is what I think he did and whatever, right? I still yeah. feel like Chris was doing a job. They have they have writers that screen this stuff out. They have writers that even write the jokes at times, you know? So yeah. he was just there doing what he was asked to do and I thought it was really unfair that he went 
went and attacked him for something that he was literally hired to do. I did think yep. that was unfair. And then I did, I found out later that one of the, the, the ladies that was hosting it, I think, I can't remember her name, but she's so funny too. She was really like sad about the whole thing too. And I know she's really, she's, oh, she mentioned. Amy Schumer, the one that said. Uh, no, she it, was the, it was the other one with the short hair. Cause it was three of uh, them. I know Amy, Wanda, Regina, the other one. Wanda Sykes. There you go. And she said that she went to an after party and saw Chris there. And he actually apologized to her because yeah. he said, I'm so sorry. This was supposed to be your night, you and Amy and Regina, right? Because, I mean, it was a huge deal for you. And now it's going to be about this. So I thought that was also really gentleman-like of him, you know, to be but like, crap, like, I'm sorry. Uh, Cause you know, I don't know if you know, but I get sick of hearing everybody bragging about what black folks are doing. I mean, yeah, I got it. We it was the first time that the Oscars was host or produced by a black person, yes. black guy, and then he had a black female assistant producer, and you know they made the show different or whatever the case may be, and nobody's talking about that. And then yeah, the and then like that documentary too, that one about yeah. So that was a big deal too. Like, nobody could tell you what his speech was because yeah, it was everybody was still in shock, and so I don't know. I still kind of think it was a publicity stunt, me mm -hmm. personally, mm -hmm. because uh, on tour. <laughs> oh, and, okay. And, you know, all of his ticket sales. I mean, they probably were all sold out already, but you know, now it's more of hey, what's he gonna say? We're definitely gonna go make sure he's sold out in case he says something and we miss it, and then right. I think Will is what a crappy a way though. If it is a publicity stunt, well, like what a crappy way <laughs> to do this. But I mean, I guess it is Hollywood. <laughs> I mean, even with that entanglement thing, it's uh -huh. like two weeks after August Alcina said something, he dropped the album, and mm -hmm. people were like, "He probably said he was cheating so that his album sales go up, or whatever the case may be." So you know, you never know how how this thing goes. But okay, let me ask you something real quick because I want to know what you okay. have to say. What about what do you think about Kanye and how he's acting? You know what? I actually watched his documentary, uh -huh. and I think that he is out there by himself. And I think that he's always had that mentality. It's just that when his mom was here, he didn't want to embarrass his mom, you know? So therefore he kept it in check because if you go back, if you watch his documentary, you'll see when he first came out, he was more humble and, you know, it, it's just like, I can say, I lost my dad, but I can say when you lose a parent, it's like something changes. And that was, his mom was his mom and his dad. So she mm. was single mom. She supported him and she liked his music and, you know, she kind of kept him on a straight and narrow. And then when she passed, no one in the documentary is ever telling this dude, giving him any kind of constructive guidance or, you know, it's just like, hey. Or calling I, him out because they care. Yeah, it, it's, I want to do this. Well, let's do it. I want to do this. Well, let's do, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want, and it's like, no one has said, hey, man, you think, what, what, what? What? <laughs> you know? Let's let's rethink this whole situation yeah. for a minute. <laughs> Want to go out here and and call yourself son? What? Uh, you got a choir now? What? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying that having a choir is a bad thing, but uh, it seems a little culty. Yeah, to me. They're, they're, yeah, the are are kind of slavish, and you know, it's what what what? Uh, okay. And, <laughs> 
I also think that them Kardashians, they're kind of like Erica Badu. Once you date them, your whole mind is just fried. You never be the same because they're weird. It's I'm like sorry. a whole entity that you become like wrapped up with. You could never the escape car- it. To be honest, they're weird because what do they do for a living? What we're doing right now that we're getting, <laughs> we're not. You know. Somebody start putting money in our bank accounts right you know what I'm now. <laughs> That's all they, they have this- they're popular because of a TV show, and they're popular because their dad was a lawyer for OJ. And other than that, oh, we made so much money, we're going to open a store and close it. We're going to open this and close it. We're going to open this and close it. And, oh, I'm going here, and, oh, I'm going to do this. And what's the nine to five that you guys are doing besides just having the camera follow you? Shit, if that's and all it takes. I know, right? Let's do this right now. Let's link up, Kendrick. Come over. <laughs> Let's follow us around. <laughs> no, but you know, I had... I had because I'm like, okay, whatever they're doing, it's working for them. Cool. Whatever. Like you made it happen. It's it's your hustle. It's a hustle regardless. Right. And yeah. it's working for you. Good for you. The one thing that I did have a problem with is when she said recently, like, get off your ass and work hard yeah. like people are. And that that rubbed me the wrong way because yeah. I was like, you already everything you just listed, you were born with already advantages. I mean, yep. and, and, and I'm not bitter about it. Like, she had no control over that. I, I, I know that, right? And she took advantage of it. That was a smart move. But not everybody is born with those advantages. Damn, but they said that she went back and, re- and, and tried to clarify her statement that she wasn't talking about all women or whatever the case may be. And it sounded that's like the- she was. <laughs> But <laughs> that's one of have a problem with, with Hollywood or the limelight. It's like they don't have to think about what the fuck they say before they say it. They just say it and then apologize later. And it's like at some point you got to watch your mouth. You know yeah. what I'm saying? When people hear stuff come out of my mouth, I'm only saying what I mean. Yeah. You know, you ask me, what did I say? I'm telling you the exact same thing that I just said because that's what I meant. And that's what I've noticed is if people aren't genuine or people are usually genuine the first time they say something. So the the first thing that comes out of your mouth is what I'm going to believe. Because Mm -hmm. if I say, what did you say? Oh, I didn't mean it like that. What I meant to say was. You're now filtering it. Yeah. Yeah. If you meant to say it, then you would have said it the first time because in the heat of the moment, everybody speaks truth, whether you're drunk or sober. In the heat of the moment, everybody speaks truth. And it isn't until they're asked or they are told, oh, well, you offended me. You if I offend you, I'm sorry, but you better get over it because. uh, Yeah, I have to, you know, these these different communities and these different groups and all this other stuff. Hey, if you don't want want these problems, keep your mouth shut and keep your business to yourself. Yeah, it's true. And I can and I can say that with the little bit that I know from just you and I, because like I said, you're really more Ren's friend that you are. You are who you say you are 100 percent. And you say what you say and it is what it is. And so that's something that we could all use. And that's what I usually tell people, too, is like some people have a problem talking about religion. I don't. Some people have a problem talking about politics. I don't. I'm so low. You know what I, you know what that's one thing that I know about you too, that I also think not a lot of us do, and we should be okay with that. You have absolutely no problem saying, I don't know. Oh yeah. If you don't know, you don't know. (laughs) And when I don't know something, I usually don't talk about it because Mm -hmm. I'm like in my job in the army. 
when people are talking like regulations and this, that, the other, and blah, 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 and whatever, blah. And if I don't know, I just sit and listen. I hold the conversation, but I won't talk about it. And then what I do is I go back and research and pull out that regulation and make sure that what they told me was true. And if it wasn't, I'm like, that motherfucker's full of shit. Excuse my French. <laughs> <laughs> Because I had a friend that would do that. And I, I was so blind to the fact that people will lie to you, you know. Uh -huh. and Because you're not a liar. I, I used to be, but I'm not anymore because I'm like, mm. I'm grown. And I've learned you get in way less trouble if you just tell people the truth. Mm -hmm. So this dude had a car and I'm like, how do you get this car? Oh, this car's paid for. I'm like, this is a fucking infinity that's paid for. And you're an E5? What the fuck? And then. What am I doing wrong? <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, because, you know, it wasn't until 2018 that I finally stopped paying child support. So the whole mm -hmm. time you we've been broke, you know, we don't it's have been a, a house. struggle. Have this, that, the other. And everybody, I got this house. I got that. Da, 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 da. And then his car disappeared. And I was like, what happened to your car? Oh, I sold it. Well, what the fuck you sell a car that's paid off? You know, I start. <laughs> a good one at that. <laughs> Hey, come to find out, that wasn't his goddamn car. It was somebody else's car. He lived in a house that was a two-story big old house. And I'm like, how did you buy this house? And he come to find out he was renting. And I'm like, well, now I know people will lie about anything. And it, but and that's a stupid thing to lie about. Like, why would you lie about renting and leasing a car? <laughs> People gotta feel better than they do and i'm just like man and now when people tell me stuff i'm just like mm, nah, bro. <laughs> nah these army people and when people tell you stuff i just like debating with people just to hear what they're gonna say and, uh -huh. if you, and like i said i'm very careful with my words it may not seem like it but i'm always processing i'm always like five ten steps ahead of what somebody's talking about so mm -hmm. telling you a story if you just start asking questions and they start backtracking and i love saying even with Tanya and guys at work well you just said and you just said this and you just said this so why you said <laughs> you lying you know you're lying and, and and in my doing that to other people i'm like well if somebody does that to me i ain't got the capacity to sit here and remember this shit so i'm just going to tell you the goddamn truth they were mad i was cussing like but the soldiers the soldiers and i was like Man, fuck these goddamn soldiers. I don't give a fuck about these soldiers. And so they were like, you can't say that. I was like, why the fuck can I say that shit? And it's like, because they'll hear you. I don't give a fuck if they do hear me. <laughs> so I went upstairs and the first sergeant came up with, with the commander and all that after the, after I was done. Someone went and told him, Sergeant Kendrick's in the bay talking about fuck soldiers and he don't give a fuck about soldiers and this, that, the other. And so they came in my office and they were like, Sergeant Kendrick. I was like, yeah, what's up? And they was like, were you out there saying, did you say fuck these soldiers? I said, I sure did, first sergeant. I sure said I <laughs> And I said, I don't give a fuck about their feelings. And it's like, you can't say that. I was like, why the fuck can't I? I That's said, how I feel well, right I now. <laughs> yeah, because what I meant to say, or I didn't say what I meant to say, what I mean, what I mean is, because I meant to say what I said, mm -hmm. but what I mean, I don't give a fuck that you're a soldier because you haven't been in this goddamn army as long as I have been. You know, I will be damned if I'm going to have, if you're on a job for 20 years and some new dude comes in here talking about, oh, well, I don't like it like this and I don't like this and I, motherfucker, you're new. Shut the fuck up. Get you some time in and then complain. Earn your stripes oh. and then come tell me. <laughs> 
Yeah, fuck up, because I'm in charge. Goddamn debate with you and and coddle you and oh well, and you know I've been here. No, fuck what you fuck what you feel and fuck <laughs> fuck you. So you I hear said, him in the background because <laughs> that's yeah. exactly how he is. <laughs> It's like yeah. I'm listening to him come after work like, well, somebody said they don't like the way I talk to soldiers. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it ain't changed. You know what I'm saying? They talk about, oh, you, this the why. Why? Because I told you to, motherfucker. Why? That's why. <laughs> what they don't realize, and these, these people coming in now are so stupid. They don't realize that they have a good-ass job. Is it the best job? No, but this is a good ass job because you're always going to get paid unless these knuckleheads in the White House or whatever can't fucking figure out a budget. Nine times out of 10, you're going to get some kind of raise and your check is always going to be there. And it's steady. That's why I'm still in. And I'll tell them that's why I'm still in because I haven't made a plan to get out. I, if they told me I had to get out tomorrow, I'd probably we'd be on the street somewhere because I haven't made a plan to get out because this is a good ass check. The job sucks, but it's guaranteed. You ain't got to worry. If you want to live paycheck to paycheck, you can because you you're living in quarters. You ain't got to pay no light bill. You ain't got to pay no fucking water bill. You ain't. You can run the air conditioner all goddamn day. You just got to do what the fuck you're told. And motherfuckers don't want to do what they're told. They want to know why you're telling them to do it. Why? Because the shit needs to get done. And you happen to be the lowest motherfucker in the room. So I'm not doing it. You're doing it. <laughs> you hear that? You know what I mean? <laughs> You gotta earn your checks. I had to do the shit. Yeah, was, you guys did. And I, I, you guys didn't really complain. Like, if you complain, it was while you were marching on your way to still get it done. <laughs> information like this is some bullshit, but we couldn't form our lips to ask our leaders <laughs> why you're doing these thousand push-ups. But after that, get your ass up and do what the fuck I told you to do. Mm -hmm. That has never changed. The fact that motherfuckers feel like they, they're owed something. I've been in 21 years. I still don't get what I'm owed, so where the fuck is the at? Where is the fine at that, that, for the owing shit? Because these motherfuckers owe me my time. Because you know? I got a list. I should <laughs> I can't make a doctor's appointment because I got to go to this fucking meeting. Why do I got to go to this meeting where I'm going to say the same shit that I said last week and shit ain't changed? Because you're old dude. Okay, I'm going. <laughs> my, I mean, this is the dumbest. My kids are sick and I, I can't. No one's to watch my kids. Well, aren't you supposed to have a family care plan if you're single or do oh a military? Oh my gosh. I'm going to tell you something that I can't understand because I never was allowed, you know, and, and I just didn't think that you had an option. He had to do what he had to do. And mm -hmm. I was pregnant with babies a lot. Uh, he didn't go to doctor's appointments, rarely, didn't go to ultrasounds, didn't go, the kids need this. I had to go by myself and I, I always was like, well, because that's his job. And I knew that going into this and it blows my mind when he would come home and say, you know that I just had a spouse call my direct line asking me, can her husband come with her to her ultrasound? And it's, it's like the entitled shit. I'm sorry. And then the nicer side of me, I have answered the why question a couple times. I'm not going to say I haven't, but the answer is why is 
because when we go into battle and we have to go charge a hill or we got to go shoot at some enemies that are shooting at us, I'm not going to ask you politely. I'm not going to say, hey, could you please grab your weapon and put your uh, equipment on? Can we walk up here and I know they're shooting at you, but that's okay because I'm going to stand in front of you and make sure you're good because that's my job is to protect you. And no, I'm going to be like, get your shit. Let's fucking go. Yeah. Get your ass up. The motherfuckers are right there. hundred meters. Get, let's go. And I ain't trying to hear, well, why do I, uh-uh, motherfucker, shut your mouth, grab your shit or I'll shoot you myself. One of the two. And you know what? Ren has told me this many times that the only time he's always felt 100% okay with going into battle in terms of like who was with him was with the guys he was with in Alaska, with you and, and I, the others. I will concur because we, even though fucking Sergeant Robbins kicked my sandwich and Ren was laughing at <laughs> You guys did uh, some stuff. <laughs> that's my sandwich that day. I was so goddamn mad. <laughs> I took time on that motherfucker, too. My mouth was watering. <laughs> Other than that time, we did everything together. I mean, there was that one time where me and Renton, we had to stay the night out in fucking a tent out in the middle of nowhere in Alaska, and the heat wasn't working or some shit. It was just like, we grew up together, you know? We, yeah. we both got there as specialists. Even Sergeant Robbins, he got there as a specialist, and he got promoted before all of us, and then Mo, and we just we just clicked. Mm -hmm. We didn't have telling us what to do. We knew what the fuck to do. We knew how to do it. I think Afghanistan, I still remember being on a generator for four days. Nobody was showing me how to get this motherfucker out the truck but whatever um has he but, but i'm not bitter <laughs> right but I, I i'm not mad but <laughs> i fucking was doing it wrong i didn't have to work on them days but yeah it was just i don't I, it's hard to explain now i got a good team with me now but i'm the leader so you know yeah. the stuff that i from Alaska and we learned how to be firm but fair and you know there are times where you just don't have to shut the fuck up and do what I tell you to do but I think our Alaska experience has made us better NCOs and able to handle more shit yeah. and also deal with shit because we didn't deal with shit from each other we never really fought but we 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 did some pretty dumb stuff yeah so yeah and I think on the speaking from the spouse side I think my time in Alaska prepped me to not complain <laughs> because it was like it is what it is and you just dealt with it and I sometimes after that I would hear younger ones complain and and they're working so late and I was like I also hmm. think uh, I don't know if, if Renton was like me but I've never really brought work home you know even when we deployed Tanya all she knew was we was leaving who was yeah. the first song who was Same this here. and regulation and what is that and what is the you know like some of these army wives well i'll call the first sergeant and you know you're supposed to do this and you can call this number and they'll da, 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 da. i never brought none of that this yeah. is what happened work shit home and these Same motherfuckers get herbs. even though it was a short drive i would always clear my mind before i got home and when i got home i was at home and unless yeah. you called and told me i had to go back to work i really wasn't talking about work unless we all got together and with me renting and you know yeah. but even then but it I'm, wasn't a very like still subtle like um not fully engaged in work mode it was like funny stuff and you guys just yeah. being like silly about it yeah like i don't i know what i need to know and that's it yeah. other than 
that. I don't care to know. He doesn't care either. So it works. And that's what I told Tanya. I was like, if I go here to Fort Hood and I become a first sergeant, she's going to be the the lady. But I'm not going to have her do that shit because we've never done it like that. So yeah, neither it, neither have we. Then I'm sorry, you're not going to get my wife volunteering for shit because that's not what we do at my house we don't talk yeah. about work i mean there was one time i cussed the soldier out on my couch and and she saw that part but i think that's the first time she ever really saw me interacting with this motherfucker because he just kept talking and wouldn't shut the fuck up so i just lost it now i was tying my boots up bring your ass to the motor pool and i'm about to write this goddamn counseling right now i don't give a fuck and so you know but i think that's what helped us make it through all this time of being in the military is that we never i never Ever bring it home yeah and there's been a few times where i've sat out in that car and i've called another nco and i've spent 30 minutes just at the top of my lungs cussing somebody out that wasn't in front of me and they were just listening and then once i was done i come in the house yeah. and hey you know yeah so. and then before before i let you go because i need to hear you tell this this is this i think summarizes your relationship, your friendship with Ren. The time he snuck a Vagisil tube in your basket in, what was it? In Kuwait, I think. It was a long time ago. You went to pay. He was he was in line and you're scanning all your stuff and the cashier kept asking you, are you sure you want this? Because you're not paying attention. And she kept, it was a lady, right? And, and you're like, yeah, if it's in my basket, I want it. And and you heard Ren in the background. He was already, because you know he was already laughing. Because he knew what he had done. Honest, I can't even remember. I'm trying to think of where this well, was. Well, he, I crack up. Because the, the way he laughs, he's like, when he realized why the lady kept asking him. And he saw it was a tube of Vagisil. <laughs> he saw me in the back of the line and said, Run! <laughs> <laughs> I kind of, it's coming back to me. I'm trying to think where we were at, which, which, which I bet, because he would do that dumb stuff all the goddamn time. <laughs> I mean, every time we went somewhere, he was doing something stupid or something, and I'm like, because I remember there was this one time, I, I think he was with me, and we were in, this was when we was in uh, Afghanistan, and we were walking, I think, over to the education center or something, and from a distance, there was this person that had, like, some long blonde hair going down their back, uh -huh. and they had a, a blue shirt and some jeans or whatever, and I was like, damn, you know, because I like chunky chicks a little bit, and this is a chunky I thought was a so I'm like, damn, look at the ass on that. <laughs> and as we get closer and closer, they turned around and this motherfucker had a full face. <laughs> oh my fucking God. I will never. I will never. I think I remember the blonde wig. I do. Oh, when he took that. And I, wait, he took a picture of me and drew that fucking crayon stuff when Kenya when I was just like Halloween. I mean, he all, that's why I did the I did the pee in the bottle video and then I did the freaking uh him sitting on the toilet and I had the camera over the stall. Yes. We Ah, oh, I know, but I laughed so hard and I laughed so hard because I could picture your face like so damn done. Like you did. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing with this shit in my goddamn phone? God damn it. 
him and Doc Robbins was just back there giggling and some shit, and I'm like, y'all gonna y'all y'all gonna piss me off on this dumb. Shit. That sandwich was what made me. I mean, that week what happened a, with the sandwich? Oh, we would go to breakfast. Me and Sergeant Rob Renton was sleeping in because he was a fucking lazy fuck. And so when we go to breakfast, the sandwich. Bar it's was true. Open. He was sleeping when I was in labor with Desiree. He was sleeping. I'm telling you. So me and Sergeant Rob. We would always go to breakfast. So this one particular morning, we ate breakfast. I'm going to make a sandwich, you know, because I don't think I'm coming back at lunchtime. Uh-huh. So I got bread. I laid the bread out. Got it all. I put the roast beef, lettuce. I mean, that sandwich was done better than any sandwich shop in the world. <laughs> so I put it in my little styrofoam thing, and we had tur- we had turned the refrigerator into a cooler. So it had ice in there and shit. So I was like, let me put my sandwich in here. It'll be nice and chill when it's time to eat lunch. And so something happened. And we, me and Sergeant Rob, we were talking about something. Either he told me to do something and I was like, fuck no, I ain't doing it. Cause I, that's how we used to, you know, he tell us to do shit. And me and, me and Renton both, we'd be like, we ain't doing that shit. We'd always do it. Like, wa- fuck it. As you're walking to do it. <laughs> yeah, doing it. And, uh, he's like, you gonna do that shit. I was like, I'm not gonna do that shit. I think it was lunchtime or, or like a couple minutes before lunch and it would have ran into our lunch. And I was like, I, I got a sandwich I'm about to eat. He's like, that sandwich? I said, I am. He's like, I'll go over there and kick that sandwich. I said, uh, the fuck you will? I said, I'm going to kick that sandwich. He's like, if you don't go do what the fuck I'm telling you to do, I'm going to kick that sandwich. I, I wish you would. And this motherfucker turned he did. without saying a word. <laughs> He just turned, went to the cooler, opened it up, and lifted. I was like, I was like, uh, Sir Rob, fuck with my man. I'm, I'm out with water, and I, that's all I was thinking about all morning was this goddamn sandwich. So he had it in his hand. I was like, Sir Rob, sandwich. God, it's gonna be a big ass misunderstanding up in here. Like, I'm getting kicked like, out of your man. And I said, I'm not doing that shit, but you better put my sandwich back. And he just held it out in front of him. Dropped it and kicked that shit. <laughs> As it was in the air, you could see the styrofoam, like three container things that they have. That motherfucker opened in slow motion. <laughs> the bread came apart, the meat and everything just came out of it. And I was like, you motherfucker. <laughs> and I got that all over the motor pool. I was so goddamn mad. And Renton was over there in his corner, giggling away. Laughing. He's just over there. He, 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 he. I was like, you motherfucker. And I, I left. I think I went home, went to my room or something because I was so goddamn mad. I was like, don't you ever. From that day on, I was like, if he ever touches some shit that I have again. So then I tried to get back at him and Rob just didn't give a fuck. So it took a boy He... He came the next day with a sandwich. And I was like, watch what happened. So I was like, Rent, watch this. And I said, son, Rob. And he said, what? And he turned around. I had his sandwich in my hand and I kicked it. And he was like, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to go to the defect and make another one. <laughs> I was like, you just took the fucking joy out of it, man. I was expecting that. That motherfucker never got mad over anything. I know. <laughs> he didn't give a fuck. Okay, what? What do you want me to do? And then I don't know if Britton realizes this, but after we 
after we got back from that appointment, I realized, I said, that motherfucker never left the goddamn fob. The whole time we were there, he you never left what? the I was like, God damn it, me and Rick, I had to, we had to cover down for MPs and all this other shit. This motherfucker, he would just walk around. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. <clears throat> so I'm like, yeah, but I'll never forget that sandwich shit. Oh my God. I, I, oh, oh. That's I the worst. If you were looking forward to it all morning. And I'm telling you, all morning, that's all I could think about from the whole time that I made that motherfucker. I handled a brand new baby. I made sure it was in the, in the Humvee right, didn't slide or nothing. I, Wrapped know, perfectly. <laughs> it had the three onion slices that were the circle. <laughs> the lettuce was on that motherfucker just right. The bread that day was nice and oh my gosh Kendrick this is this is exactly why I had already thought about asking you to the podcast I had already thought it but I thought why is he gonna want to come on the podcast you know like him and I don't really have anything to talk about and then when Ren, Ren told me you should really have him on and I was like I've been wanting to so this is exactly why I wanted you on here yeah whatever I'm like she changed she over here drinking charcoal coffee what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what y'all was drinking that day? Some charcoal coffee? I was drinking charcoal latte. It's really good. Don't knock it. <laughs> I'm like. He said she's changed. I'm like, she drinking all this bougie shit. Uh, it's not bougie. It's charcoal. <laughs> Nope. I nope. Kendrick, you kill me. Oh my gosh. I have mm -hmm. like moments, moments in my head stuck from when like I would hear you say stuff. And if anybody else said it, it wouldn't have been as funny. <clears throat> there was this other time we went bowling and you were putting on your <laughs> shoes. <and laughs> I think what was so funny is that you were really minding your own business putting your shoes on everybody's over here to the side talking i don't even know what we were saying and you <laughs> turn around out of nowhere <laughs> and lift your shoes and say look at this shit <laughs> 30, 33 year old man can put on his shoes and your shoes <laughs> we're on the wrong foot <laughs> And you had stayed so long tying those shoes. I will never forget that. Because <laughs> you, you literally blurted it out and nobody was looking at you. And you said it so loud, like, look at this shit. So everybody looks at you. And that is not what I was expecting. Oh, till this day, every time I think about that, I can't stop laughing. <laughs> funniest joke to me was the shit. You almost, yeah, I think you had to go to the bathroom because I said, me and Tanya, we always arrive nerd early. Yeah. Just, I swear to God. 
<laughs> because you were so serious. Like, you were not joking. It wasn't meant to be a joke. And you said, because I think we were supposed to meet to go to watch a movie. It was something. Yeah, it was something. And we, I, w- I had to go to the bathroom and we had we're to stay always- back. Yes, we're always late. And you said, but the movie wasn't going to start until four hours later. And you guys were headed that way. So I was like, well, what time does the movie start? And you said, whatever time. And in my head, I'm like, that's four hours from now. And I think you might have read that on my face that I was trying to like figure out why you were going at that time. And you said, yeah, you know us. We're always nerd early. And I busted Because <laughs> I was like, that's whole for like four whole hours before the movie started. We don't have, me and Tank, we don't have nothing. Oh, uh, you like, kill me. She's used to it now, but it, she's like, you, you're just too much, but it's, we've too far in. What the fuck can she do? I she, know. Can't <laughs> she can't go back now. <laughs> she laughs at stuff, too. I mean, crazy. I don't know. You're just a funny guy. But it wouldn't be the same because people want skits and shit. I just want to get up there and talk. But Oh, that would be good enough. What do you mm-hmm, mean? <laughs> I, I don't know. Cause I got this guy at work too. He's he laughs at everything. I got this this, this quiet uh, African guy. He's from Liberia, uh-huh. and every time I talk, he just giggles and cracks up about everything. <laughs> he's a Muslim dude too, and and something happened, and he didn't know the computer or something. And I said something, and he just was cracking up. I'm like, why are you laughing at every damn thing? <laughs> I just be talking shit. I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. Oh. And that that's the effect that you have on me. I don't know about anybody else and that I would always think, "Oh my gosh, I wonder if he thinks like that I'm like laughing to make fun of you." But you're mm. just funny. Like the deliverance that you have, like right on time, and they're so random too. <laughs> I be I be twenty five steps ahead, so I be thinking of crazy shit, and then it just blurts out. Like, oh well, here it comes. And then a lot of times too, I'm old, so when stuff pops in my head, if I don't say it, I know I'm gonna forget it. And it's like, go ahead and say, you know, it's uh, fucking comedy Tourette's, I guess, if you want to call it that. Oh my gosh! Okay, no, but now written the other day, I was like, "Why are you still holding on to that fucking hair that you got on the top?" (laughs) (laughs) I know you guys give each other so much crap. I can't. (laughs) But he's like me. I can't. If I'm in the house, I gotta be freshly shaven, or I gotta have a hat on because that shit's embarrassing. Oh man, yeah, you guys, you guys are good. But I have to ask you what last thing I promise, and then I'm gonna let you go because Tanya's probably like holding a piece of cake for you. Right over here, getting her. So, in the 50 years, what's been your biggest lesson, or the thing that you? What's my What's been my biggest lesson? Either the biggest lesson that you can think, like if you go back 50 years of this life, right? What's the one thing that you think? Okay. I learned this for sure. I mean, because obviously you're learning all the time, but something that like jumps at at you the most. It's stupid. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the honest, I would have to say, and it keeps 
sticking in my head because now that I've been doing it for like the last seven, eight, nine, ten years, uh-huh. I'm thinking to myself, why wasn't I always just doing this? And yeah. that's telling the truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because because <laughs> I've been in situations where other people are getting in trouble because they are lying about stuff. And when people ask me why I did something or if I did something or whatever the case may be, I've always told the truth. And even when I'm talking to soldiers or anybody, if you tell me the truth, it's like, well, shit, what the fuck are you going to say about that? You know, why'd yeah. you do that? I didn't want to. Well, what the fuck can you tell to that? That what disarms you, you, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. you can mad as you want, but they told you the truth. I didn't do it because I want to well god damn it do it next time motherfucker <laughs> the fuck i tell you to do shit i ain't got time you know and then yeah. i just gotta play off and 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 that's probably the biggest one is is that and and also be approachable because that's a, the one thing that i learned from my dad is that he wasn't always approachable you know and when, when people have problems, whether it be at home or whether it be at work or whatever, just knowing that there's somebody that's going that you can go to that's going to at least attempt to get something done on your behalf, it it, it goes a long way. Because I still got yeah. motherfuckers to day calling me. Matter of fact, I was talking to somebody from Fort Bliss today. We were texting back and forth and he was thanking me. And I'm just to myself, I'm saying, I'm just doing my motherfucking job. What are you thanking me for? Mm-hmm. You know, thanks for way or thanks for always you know whatever the case may be and i'm just like i just was doing my motherfucking job dude you know you could have swapped you with somebody else and the same thing would have happened and i who the fuck are you again yeah (laughs) you know yeah and and it's just because i don't have that you know even at 50 i don't have a person if i really was to be hurting for something and part of it is my fault is you know if i was really hurting or needed something number one my pride wouldn't let me call somebody but then i don't talk to people on a regular enough basis to be like yo i'm in this situation can you help me out you know mm-hmm. and and that's one of the things that i've learned in 50 years is that you know we all need a support system see i said one thing now here it comes to me slowly but surely you know we all need a support system or even me and Renton, we don't talk that often. And I sometimes believe that your your truest best friends are the ones that you don't talk to all the time. Yep. But but you can pick right back up. Yes. There's been times where he's called me out the blue and I've called him out the blue at work and be like, yo, what what it ain't nothing major life changing, mm-hmm. you know, simple stupid. Hey, what how do you change this? Or what's that fucking part number or whatever the case may be? But you know, to to have true friends, those are the ones that I don't talk to all the all the time. And it ain't because I'm trying to be an asshole or whatever. It's I know motherfuckers is busy. So you ain't gonna call me. Yeah. You know? And and that's the one thing is when you why haven't you called me? And motherfucker, you know why I ain't called you. You've been busy, I've been busy. Shit. Don't even ask that dumbass question. Yeah, but we're talking now. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> yeah. Like that with Sergeant Rob. I ain't talked to Sergeant Rob in eight years, but if I see him, we'll probably pick up just like this. Cause my I used to always call him sissy. I was like, from the day that uh, you know, when I see you, I'm gonna call you sissy, cause that's what I just call you. And mm-hmm. you know, me and we, if I'm in El Paso, like when we came from Alaska, you guys was gone. Hey, we're coming through. Can we stop? No. All right then. Well, hey, we tried. Yeah. You know, I ain't gonna hold no grudge or whatever. Y'all said we could come. We came for a couple hours or whatever and picked right back up. And mm-hmm. you know, at times I feel like, damn, are we still friends? Is it okay? <laughs> <laughs> stop it right now. <laughs> 
this black shit on TV talking about charcoal. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to make it oh, for you next time. <laughs> some pumpkin seeds or whatever, and he was chopping lettuce, and they don't they want El Paso on us. That's the new Hollywood. <laughs> shit. But yeah, that that's what I would, is, is try to always be approachable. You know, you can yeah. all, and if you're not, with people and you're approachable, you can pretty much, you know, tell them whatever and get away with whatever. And that's what I've learned is that as long as people know you're going to tell them the truth, you're going to do the best that you can. So if you say, hey, I can't do that shit, then they know, hey, if he says he can't do it, then that shit can't be done because they're normally, you know, they make everything yeah. happen. So that that's what I've learned is that sounded so stupid now that I'm saying it out no, loud. No, it didn't. <laughs> Now that I'm saying it didn't, it didn't, but it's true. You know what? Especially because you say the way you were raised, like maybe you didn't have that with your dad or maybe your mom too. Yeah. That's hard. That's hard to do when you, when you know, I didn't have that. And you're actively trying to change that. Even if it's like, in you know, little, little steps, that's a big yeah. deal. You're already changing things for your own kids and your grandkids and stuff. I mean, if you think about it, I'll tell you now, I didn't call home and call my mom and dad quite often, you know, but my other two, they call me all the time or mm -hmm. when we ain't, or, you know, not talking because they think they can just disrespect me and we ain't having that neither. But, you know, <laughs> me and Jasmine and Cameron, you know, we don't talk as often, but I think they're just tired of me because I've always been here. But the other two have never been able to see the laughy, jokey side of me because because they weren't here yeah. and they I still treat them the same as Jasmine they just aren't here you know I'm yeah. not going to give her all this money I'm not giving them all this money I'm just me and they know how I am they know how to maneuver around that and the other two still want to learn and know so you know I didn't call my parents there was very few times where I thought I could call them for whatever you know and so I am actively trying to change it that's why EJ gets away with murder because if I was my dad and he was me and I was acting like shit. You'd be gone. You might as well, <laughs> you might as well just chop my legs off because they'll be so swollen from getting the ass whoopings every day <laughs> that like, I don't even need legs no more because this shit hurts too bad because, <laughs> you, know, yeah, yeah. you know, and I, I've actively said that I have to change that because I'm not going to say that it wasn't helpful because we knew what the consequences was. We knew for sure it wasn't going to be no, oh, you're going to get a spanking and we didn't get a call to spanking. You're going to get your ass whooped. And there wasn't too many times where if they said, hey, you're going to get your ass whooped, they may have forgotten you was getting woke up at 12 o'clock at night getting your ass whooped that you wasn't, you know, if they mm -hmm. said it, it was and that was on your mind all the time. And I say it and I leave him guessing because he don't know. So. Today's the day. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know, but it is important. Like I think we've changed a lot of, you know, things that maybe didn't feel right growing up. Um and like yeah. not to like not to like throw shade at our parents because they did what they knew and they did the best they could with whatever information and resources at the time, you know. But I just always think if you know better, do better. And so that's what matters. And another thing now that you got me thinking about it, shit. <laughs> I wish that I would have thought about now more than. Yeah. Because I'm 50 and I think I may have $400 in the bank. And that's all the money that I got in the world. You know, I'm an open book. I, I know where I've succeeded and where I failed and, and 
people can say whatever they want about me. You're 50 with $400 in the bank. But I look back and had I not gotten another girl pregnant, then I wouldn't have had to pay child support. Then I probably could have saved money, you know. And had I learned how to manage money, but my parents wasn't giving me money to manage and, you know, understand the concept of, hey, you had, it's gone. Now you want something else where you got to do X, Y, Z in order to get money to, you know, because once you understand, and that it kind of helps with the management of money. But you if, know what? I think a lot of people we we go through that. Like I I don't know why a lot of people are always afraid to say, "Oh, like I may not have as much as others." Uh others don't have as much as we think they do, you know? That's and thing. yeah, and that's that's, that's a, and that's a problem. Like I think like what you're saying, we a lot of us weren't really taught to like financial literacy. We were not taught. It's just you work, you get money, you buy things, but there was not anything else going into that. Um, yes. and then also like from, just and, like and opportunities and stuff. Yeah, in element not elementary. I think it was 7th or 8th grade or it might have been elementary school. They taught us, you know, about checking accounts and checks and how to write a check and how to deposit and keep a deposit slip and all that stuff, you know, when they were teaching us about money. But when it came to like thinking about the future and why you should save and how do you save and, and, you know, mm-hmm. no one ever that. The you different know, ways of saving. Cause a lot of, exactly. a lot of us just grew up thinking, Oh, a savings account. And that's it. And for a lot of people, a savings was money under the mattress, right? Like we didn't yeah. know about like IRAs or different, like there was just, no nothing beyond the what they felt was all we needed to know that's it and even like a, and even having like a checklist of things that you should check off before you dip into your savings hey i need to because to me a savings account ain't nothing but just another place to put some money and mm-hmm. if checking account is empty, I don't go through a checklist of, hey, is this life or death? Is this something that can wait? Is this, you know, there's a, there should be like a, a check of in order to pull money from a savings account, you got to make sure you're checking every single box of these questions. And one of my guys at work, the guy that was from Liberia, he, he was telling me the same thing. He was like, I put money in savings and unless somebody's dying or whatever the case may be, I don't touch it. And I'm like, well, I don't have that discipline. I'm like, or or not only that, Kendrick, but like some people don't have the luxury, if you want to call it something, the privilege, because some people's like needs are just much more, you know, they don't need somebody dying to to say this really needs to be met right now. And I need to dip into that. So but but yeah, I mean, I I think if we did better in, in learning about that as kids, we wouldn't have struggled as much. Yeah. Yeah. Because me and Tanya, we have an addiction. Well, she has a bigger addiction than me, which is the casino. And now I'm going to go into something else. (laughs) No, because I'm looking back at it. And to be honest, we, even though I've paid child support and we live paycheck to paycheck or whatever the case may be, we may not have always been able to do everything that we have wanted to do. Like, I don't have a house. I don't have, I have a car, but it's not paid off. And so on and so forth. We, if we look back on it, we were able to do a lot. And I don't know how we were able to do it, but if I was to die tomorrow, I wouldn't really complain about my life because I I did better than what I thought I would be able to do. Yeah. You know, we 
never really hungry. We may have not had as much, but we were never really hungry. Even when she wasn't working, you know. You had a roof over your head and yeah. I mean, I've looked at some of my LESs from when I was making $900 and it was like I was paying $800 a month child support. And I'm like, how in the hell did we have two cars, insurance, we were renting, you know, and Mm -hmm. all this other just like, shit, it happened. Yeah. So I don't know. But I also realized like what you were saying that everybody is living the same way. You're just doing it on a different level. I will put my life to say, I know there's millionaires out there that are living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. It's just that they're on a grander scale. They make more money, so they spend more. And they're yes. probably like, hey. and their debt is bigger. And now they have to keep working just to pay the debt. So, you know, I mean, it's everybody, very, 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 very few people have financial freedom. Very few. And- will kick your ass because I was going to church in Korea and they had this men's group and most of us were military. I mean, we had like warrant officers and captains and lieutenant colonels and you know, I was an E6 so we had E7s and all different types of ranks and there was this warrant officer a CW4 and he was talking about how he's paying child support and how he feels a certain way because he doesn't have money for a house and this, that, the other. I'm like, that's when a light bulb went off in my head. I'm like, damn I'm not the only one out here feeling like this then because you know it's kind of hard when you hear people talking about oh I'm buying this house and they're a specialist you know they're making $1,500 every two weeks and I make that in one paycheck and it's like well shit how the fuck are they able to afford a house and this that the other and it kind of puts you in that funk of you're a failure yeah and you know it's hard to not think like the comparison trick like the the comparison game yeah why am I in this goddamn situation? And because everybody just assumes that, oh, this person is this status, so therefore they must. Yeah. You know, when in reality, this person is in this status and they're doing the same damn thing you are, they just are doing it on a different level. Mm-hmm. And realize that is like, well, shit, I can't complain. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. may have, but it keeps coming through. So. You know, yeah. it's just now I'm thinking about it. I've learned a lot. It's just that you don't think about it at the time. And I know that God is real. I can tell you that. I could tell you a couple stories, but we ain't got time today. I think it's been, what, three hours? Shit. Has it? It's, it didn't even feel like long. I think we started at 630. Yo, yo, your space on your hard drive is going to be like, yo, this is to be up. <laughs> but, but yeah, there's been, I mean, I have stories and I don't know why we're on a religious thing, but whatever. I'm not. Re- I'm a religious person, but I'm not no Bible thumper. But mm-hmm. I can tell you that from the stories and the situations that have happened to me and Tanya, because this last one was my car that we got, and it, it ain't nothing but God. The reason why I'm still here, the reason why I'm able to do mm-hmm. what I do, and God, Jesus, whatever you want to call him, Allah, whoever your person is that you think, whatever, yeah. it's your business. But for me, it's Jesus and God. And there have been times, because I'll tell you now, I don't know. I might have told Tanya, when EJ was born, my child support went from $1,100 a month to $1,778 as an E5. And that's when I was living in your cousin's house or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. When I got off the phone, I immediately... Called my first sergeant and started crying because I did not know how I was going to take care of my family. And the thought that I had in my head for like 
four months was how can I kill myself and make it look like an accident? And I mean, I'd be driving home from school, I mean, from work. And I'm like, well, if I just drive off this bridge, it'll look like an accident and hopefully I'll die. And I mean, by the grace of God, my mom and dad, they had just, you know, my, my mom and my dad, they wanted to go back to Tyler. So they had just sold their house or was getting ready to sell their house. And it's like, well, you, we can come live with you and help you out a little bit or whatever. And, and they did that. And it wasn't until like a month before that they got there. I mean, every day I was thinking of how can I kill myself every day and make it look like an accident so that yeah, she can get the 400,000. I think they bring you a hundred when they come and tell you that your spouse is dead or whatever. And another soldier or uh, someone in my unit killed themselves. And I saw how they treated that person before he died. Talked about him, told him he was a shit bag. And this was a second lieutenant. And, you know, they really treated him like shit. And so when they, when he disappeared for like three days and they couldn't find him, and then they went to his house and he was hanging from a ceiling fan or whatever, however the hell they said they found him hanging. And when I saw how they, immediately switched over and was like oh this dude was this that the other i was like you fucking motherfucking liars you know and i said to myself i will never ever give the army the opportunity to do me like that and that's what changed my mindset right then and there when i saw that these motherfuckers don't give a fuck about me but yet, if I was to die, they'd sit here and, oh, he was the greatest, this, that, the other. But when I asked for a day off, it's like, fuck you. We... So I said, I will never give these motherfuckers the opportunity to do that shit to me. And that thought went out of my head. I still think about it because I, in high school, I did a tip twice, but didn't happen. Um, but... Like, even when I go to therapy, they're like, do you still think about it? And it's like, well, you know, yeah, I think about it. You know, most people say they don't, which I'm pretty sure they're lying. But at some point, you know, you think about you got four kids. Now I got five. Half of my paycheck, if not more, is gone. I'm already in a situation where I'm barely making it and they're taking another $778 or $678 from me. There was Christmases where we were standing in line. And so I just, I don't know. I yeah. see and all that, I lost my train of thought and all of that where I was supposed to be going. No, no, no. Yeah. But like, because no, it's, it's, it's true. Cause I'm sitting here listening to everything you're saying. And I think it like, we can tie it to what you mentioned right now just by being approachable because how many people are going through that and they show up to work like not a big deal right and so I think being approachable showing compassion when compassion is needed because sometimes you don't feel like being compassionate like that's the truth because you got your own set of problems you don't have the energy for it but I think if we like leave that in the back of our heads like is it Maybe it's a big, maybe it's, it isn't a big deal to me right now to sit here and listen to this person, 
or validate their feelings, but it could mean yep. the difference between life and death for this person, you know, because how many people are living like that? And, and sometimes we just get in our own bubble, like it's just us, and that's what we compare, and I don't have this, and they have this, blah, 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 and I'm not going to give you the energy to sit here and have a conversation with you because I got my own set of problems. But, you know, like, for instance, I don't have, I've never thought of harming myself like that, right, ever, ever. And I've been extremely overwhelmed, like where I feel like I'm suffocating, right? But I've never thought of that. But even though I'm feeling like this, I've always, and I owe this to my mom, she taught me from a very, very, very young age, you always give a listening ear. Because when you think you're at your bottom and you're worse, there's that person could, that could be the day that they're already on their way to take their life. Yeah. You know, and you just, we have to. And, and that's where the army is horrible at it because... I was raised in the army of I'll get to it when I can, yeah. you know, and Paul being at Fort Benning, having a pay issue. I told my NCO and it was like two weeks that I'm sitting here worried about, yo, what's going on with my pay? And they don't care. So I went to finance by myself and got in trouble. And I said, hey, look, I told this motherfucker that I needed, you know, I was having pay problems. And because it ain't his issue, he didn't give a fuck. Yeah. And that's one Anybody that's ever worked with me will tell you, if you have a problem, I stop what the fuck I'm doing. I don't give a fuck what it is. I stop what I'm doing, and we're going to go take care of it. Well, this was really nice. We it we is. closed on a really on a really good note. If you like what you heard tonight, best believe there's more to come. And there's more uh, to come. Well, subscribe if you want to see how sexy this motherfucker looks. Ah, <laughs> uh, Kendrick, this was so much fun. Thank you all for tuning in. I'll see you on the next episode.